You always do a good job. Yeah. You do good work, Heather. Thanks. We're back, folks. We're back. It's the Uticast, episode 207. Wow. Uh, this week, we are joined once again by Will Phillips in what could be his second or third appearance. I am i didn't do the research. I'm very lazy for it today. Don't worry about it. He's good. We had a nice conversation about comedy, uh, about a stand-up comedy that he's doing tonight on Tuesday, June 11th, if you're listening to it, or that you can see him at Stage Time Trivia. Uh, also this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on with the... Uh, mcdonald's a little bit we're gonna talk about some school news we're gonna talk uh we're gonna have, I have a lot of stuff this week i, I don't want to go through the list we do it all the time you know what it's gonna be there'll be some local stuff there'll be some non-local stuff 200 if you don't know how the format is uh you'll figure it out as we get along will phillips on this week love you guys who's better than you nobody back folks episode 207 uh you know funny story about this uh this is actually the four year this is the real fourth year anniversary because we started recording episode zero which no one listens to so really four years ago today is the actual first time we ever put any podcasts uh on on tape as it were on tape on tape on on computer i know right (laughs) uh so for all the folks who've been there since episode zero However, if there's anybody who's been there since episode zero, I'm sure there's a few. Thank you guys for supporting the show for four years. It's been very great. We appreciate you. Uh, so, Heather is here, as here. always. Yes. Welcome back, Heather. How's work today? Good. No one's there today. No one's Nobody there. Nobody was there. It's kind of nice, actually. That's always a good moment, though. No, it's just kind of nice. Quiet. Oh, uh, we have a segment about zoos later, so I'm going to press you on some zoo stuff oh, great. later on. I'm going to let you down. No, heads up, though. We're going to put you on the spot. I on the know. spot for some zoo stuff. Put you on the spot. we got some questions uh, about the inner workings of the zoo. Probably can't help you. And, of course, <laughs> administration. as you can tell, Kevin is here. What? Uh, what's yeah, going on? that's me. That's what? right. Here I am. <laughs> How you doing, big guy? I'm, I'm great. Very good. <laughs> Do you enjoy your, your weekend? Do you have a good time, Parks and Bruce? Barks and Bruce was great. I enjoyed yeah. that part of my weekend. Definitely. Whose dog did you have there? Uh, Whose dog? It was, a, it was a friend's dog who wanted to get out. The dog was only seven months. So and cute. wanted to get him out to socialize a little bit. Um, he had to go home early. Much like your child. He was done. He was all... He had had it with the day. Hmm. He was all tired out and he needed to go get some rest. Hmm. Uh, so joining us on the show this week, Will Phillips is back. He says it's only a second time on the show, but I want to say it's at least his third time. So I'm going to have to do my research. I didn't do it beforehand. Uh, but Will is always uh, always a pleasure. He'll be performing. Uh, by the time you hear this, tonight in Syracuse nice. uh, at the Buried Acorn Brewing Company. He'll be doing a set there. Oh, that's awesome. I'd yeah. like to go out and see the Buried Acorn Tap Room. Yeah, I've heard nice things about it. He said he was very excited for it. So it should be a good show. So if you're out in the Syracuse area or if you want to go drive to Syracuse to go support our good buddy Will, go ahead. Do it tonight if you hear it on Tuesday. Uh, but if not, you can catch him Mondays and Thursdays doing stage time trivia uh, at the Killebrew on Mondays and Woodland on Thursdays. So Will's all over the place, and we had a great time talking to him. 
Uh, Heather, I haven't done this to you in a while, so Gosh. before <laughs> before we started the show, I went on your Twitter to see if you had any good tweets that I could ask I you about. Done anything lately? That's what I noticed. You have not been tweeting. She's at not all. tweeting. She's now. not tweeting. No, because uh, she's doing Instagram story confessional. <laughs> I stopped because people have been picking on me about it. Uh, oh no, keep doing them. It's no. okay. Like, don't let me make you stop doing something uh, you like to do. You. But you did have one tweet yesterday that just said. Well, my day went to shit fast. So, can we talk about it, or yeah, can what we happened? Talk about what a little a hole my son was yesterday. Mm. <laughs> he didn't seem very pleased when he showed up. It was very warm. I was warm. so yeah, excited. So, Kaz, if you're listening, yeah, I was you were mad. A bad boy yesterday. Yes, mommy was very mad at you because I wanted to go to Barks and Brew, so I picked him up at his grandma's, and because he's at grandma's, he doesn't sleep late. I mean, mm-hmm. he goes to bed late and eats lots of bad food. And by the time I picked him up, he was a little jerk. We got down there, he was crying, screaming, didn't want to be here, didn't like his shorts, hated everything. I hated him. I went home. So really, we're mad at Grandma here. Yeah, really. We're really mad at Grandma. it out on three-year-old. So, Grandma, if you're listening, I've had it with you. Sorry. <laughs> you just go to bed early. <laughs> That's uh, all I want. No, my, my mom's like that with, with my niece and nephew, too. Like, she can't help it. She just wants to do, like, They want to get stuff. everything yeah, in. Yeah. Like, I know. Mom. And I understand. Make cookies. Now, we're going to put a movie on with some popcorn. And There's lots of stuff. And you yeah. can't say no to them sometimes. It's tough. It's funny how it works, too, and, like, it'll change when it comes to the difference between kids and grandkids. I remember when you were young, like, your mom had you locked up tight, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, she had you on lockdown, Mm -hmm. and now it's grandkids, it's like, ah, listen, kids, you do whatever you want, like, you're so cute. Uh, Kev, I gotta, we, I forgot to do it last night, it totally slipped my mind, we said we were gonna watch that new season of Black Mirror, and I totally spaced on it last night when we got home from, uh, from Barks and Brews. Did you watch any of the new season without me? No. Okay, we're still going to find time to watch it. It's only three episodes, so I figure, you know what I mean? I just don't want to get it spoiled by anything. I'm trying to avoid... I think we've passed the point of spoilers. It was the first Uh couple days when it came out, but I really hope that I don't get any spoilers about these last three episodes. I don't think I got to... Yeah, I feel like people don't talk about it enough to really spoil. I feel like Black Mirror, like, you've really got to go out of your way to spoil Black Mirror for yourself. Um... I watched one episode of a show last night, a new show. Oh. What is it? Uh, a show called Succession. <laughs> I watched yes. the first episode. Is that on HBO? It's on HBO. Yeah, I watched yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you like the first episode? Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It, the show picks up really after intensely four. after season after episode four. Yeah. I can imagine. They're very much setting the table. Yes. I can tell. Um, you know, all, literally almost nothing happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's so good. I was all right while watching the nothing um, happen. I'm so excited for you to get through it. Please, if anything, you guys, I just I'm so like excited. the I just like the Kieran Culkin kid. That's it. Yeah, like, he's he's, great. he's, he's, a, he's phenomenal uh, on there. I'll, I'll tell you who shows up to be one of the best characters is Jeremy Strong. Is his name the actor? Oh. He's the guy who sort of looks like Don Jr., the the main guy, the main son. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He, as the season gets on, is so compelling. Like, well, he really, was already excellent in the first episode. It's, he's, he it was is. a standout. I also like the uh, the Asian fellow that owns the other company. Yes. Yeah, he's he really good. pretty good, too. And then uh, who's the guy who plays the father? That's Brian Cox, or what's his yeah, name? Yeah, something uh, like that. He's, he's always excellent in everything I see him in, if that's who I'm thinking of. But he's great. Uh, all right, yeah, so I'm glad you're watching that. Oh, man. I don't know, yeah, I don't know that I'll, like, dive right on the second episode next or not, um, but just to, to, just to dip the toe and see what's going on. I'll be happy to watch the second episode with you if you want. I bet I'm, you would. I'm back in I bet you show. would. Uh, just for my end, I'm going to hit some real quick nerd stuff that's going on this week. Uh, I'm a big Godzilla guy. The Godzilla movie is in theaters right now, and apparently it's not doing very well. Of course not. Yeah, well, it's not getting great reviews from people, which I'm, I mean, has there ever been a good reviewed Godzilla movie? It's you not, would know. Yeah, I mean, there's not. It's not I really. Um, I'm sort of disappointed, though. I kind of wanted it to do well because I want them to make more Godzilla movies. 
movies. That's simply <laughs> simply it. I don't even they'll know always they'll... make more Godzilla movies. Will they make more American Godzilla movies though? If these ones are bad, yeah, they'll find a way. Yeah. Um, thankfully, there's no real competition because the other nerd culture, the X Men movie that came out this week, is also apparently very bad. Which one is that one? Is that the preview? Dark preview? Phoenix. I looked good in the preview. I thought the previews looked good for that. I like all the people in it, but I've heard the movie itself is oh, not very I good. I thought it looked good. Did you see all the rest of them? Like the most recent one? I'm yeah. not the one before it. The one, no. X-Men Apocalypse. Don't watch Apocalypse. Okay. It's not a good movie. You can watch Apocalypse. It wasn't as bad as everybody was upset about. It was okay. Uh, and the other one is going on right now currently is E3. Do you guys know what E3 is? No. Uh, it's a video game club party. What? It's basically it's like the a video, video game, game trade show. Yeah. yeah. It's like the biggest video game trade good. show where they put out all the video games for the year that are coming out. Oh. I, uh, I, I found myself actually watching it last night. It's pretty wild. And I talked a little bit about this with Will. I, 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 well, I talked about it with Will during uh, the interview a little bit. Yeah. When I was a kid, like playing Nintendo, my parents just were like, this is garbage that will rot your brain and waste your time. And I think it's very funny that video game culture now is filling up stadiums to hear computer engineers talk about video games and fans going wild for I don't it understand. and how big it is. It's very impressive if you watch it from that aspect. Does that specifically negate your parents' point? No, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. I just don't think that my parents would have thought at the time, looking at like Nintendo games, that it would become these all-encompassing virtual worlds, right? Yeah. Maybe not for the better. You know, what I mean, talking about Black Mirror, but it's just pretty insane to see what video game culture has become in, in 2019. What you know is, it's the kids who used to play video games are now adults who can put on conventions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we can make it bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so good. Let's get into this week's uh, news of the week. And uh, like I said, Barks and Brews was a huge success. We had a really excellent time down there. And we loved seeing all the pups and so many great dogs. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But Kev, you told me some story today that I was trying to read about. What happened with this mysterious dog kennel that they found, or this dog? Oh man! Oh, um, yeah. So to, I don't have every single fact to present it, mm-hmm. um, but I can give you the Reader's Digest is. So there's, they basically found like a, some sort of freelance-ish style shelter yeah. uh, down on Broad Street. They got something like 60 dogs, and they're in horrible conditions. Mm. Just they're all in little cages, and they're like got yeah. all sorts. It's like yeah. unclean with like all sorts of you know feces and crap and junk down there. Ugh. Everything's a mess. Um, they need people and they need help. Mm. They just reached their blankets donations. They've got all the blankets that they asked for. They got in about 24 hours. Um, but they need people to volunteer as dog walkers. Because the only time these dogs are yeah. going to get out of these little cages for the time being is if you go down and volunteer and walk them. So if anybody's got some time, anybody's not doing anything, uh, you can't have a dog, but you want to be with the dog, go take some dogs for a walk down on Broad Street. Mm-hmm. And you can find the information on, um, pretty easy to find, Utica OD, Light 98.7, yeah. all over Facebook. You'll still see people. Um, um, great that- friend of the city, um, Kristen from United Way, has been uh, one of the leading voices I've seen online, like yeah. helping, pointing people in the right direction. So Why shout out to her. Why did get to that point? Because so many people said terrible things about that place. You heard yeah. a, lot of negative, a lot of negativity. So that. the Observer Dispatch has a good article. Yeah. This is uh, Edward Harris talking about this. Uh, he said this is the Utica-based chapter something called the Road to Home Rescue Support Organization. Oh. And it's on 809 Broad Street. And apparently there's viral video surfaced uh, with like 118 dogs is the number they're actually Mm -hmm. saying now. Yeah, they haven't reached a comment from the woman. Can we name her? The lady who is in trouble, theoretically? Yeah, 100% name her. What do you mean? You got 118 dogs in cages peeing on each other. Kim Strong, apparently, is the lady who used to run this. Kim Strong, come on the show. Debate me. Talk to me. (laughs) She's been unable to be reached for comment. So I don't know exactly how it got this 
far and if she initially like thought she was doing something good and it just got out of hand like they also know? say call the county executive's office and request them to shut it down make your voice heard uh share it talk about it but definitely volunteer to go walk a dog mm. got nothing to do for an hour go downtown walk a dog mm. it's great very good. I wish we had. I wish. I kind of wish that the news had broken a little bit like, earlier, a little yeah. bit before Barks and Brews, so we really could have like helped yeah, get that out there effort. and put. Because I'm sure we've got some people in the community who would have popped up a booth to like spread more information. Oh my god! And yeah. Coordinate dog walkers because I mean, for as many dogs we had there yesterday, I would say they are outnumbered by dog lovers, probably mm-hmm. four to one, five to one. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I just I love dogs so much. I feel like how could you ever like do some some bad. Bad stuff That's well, I mean, it's not like they're out there like you know fist, right. fist fighting the dogs or anything. But like, it's I think in a situation like that, much like a hoarder or something, you know, as much as, hard to say no. as much as we like to dogpile on you know people, and it's kind of the way of the world. Um, I think it's one of those situations where it kind of gets out of control. Yeah. Before you can right. stop it. And I it see what snowballs, you mean. right? Mm-hmm. Like she, I'm sure this lady isn't Cruella Deville down there, but like, get me 150 dogs in cages. I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make a hell of it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure that's not what happened I hope here. Not. But yeah. <sighs> All right, so let's move on to some other stuff. It's a little bit lighter. Uh, we're gonna talk about three, two McDonald's-based stories and one Burger King-based story that I heard this week. Okay. So. First off, did you read the... So Mc- a lighter story that will make you heavier. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, so McDonald's this week is accepting foreign currency in the U.S. for three days as sort of a uh, tie-in. Because oh, they're God. selling these international sandwiches. They're selling sandwiches that they sell at international locations. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won't go through all of it because I'm not here to give McDonald's like a, like a press junket on their stuff. But I just kind of feel bad for the people who work there who I was are going to have to. the same thing. I don't know how to count anything besides American oh, no. money. They better have some sort of like conversion chart for these. I f- so what's happening here? I think I feel like McDonald's is relying on the fact that very few people <laughs> will take advantage. Yeah, of this. <laughs> right. They're just looking. Right. Do they have just specific countries, or do they take any kind of foreign currency you can find? That's a great question. Have you got some sort of like wooden nickel from Borneo? <laughs> Will they trade you that for like a scoop and waffle? Like a, <laughs> it just yeah. says the deal is only good for the four items of their new menu for this run. What are the four items? Do you want to know? I'll I give do. you. Okay, I really all right. Do. So you got the Stroop the Stroop waffle McFlurry from the Netherlands, which uh, of all the things on here actually does sound good. Waffles and no Stroop waffle is a type of pastry. It's very oh. good. It's delicious. It's like, like a cookie, like a caramel I'm, cookie. I'm getting that. That one sounds legitimately good. Uh, then something from Spain called the Grand Mick Extreme Bacon Burger. I which I'd eat that. Grand Mick Extreme. So what's so grand about it? What's on uh, it? It looks bacon, like burger. Bacon. I mean, it looks like some sort of gouda. Uh, it's a quarter pound with bacon Mick Bacon sauce. So some sort of bacon and a bacon sauce, gouda and onions on a bun. There you go. They want me at sauce. Hmm. I love stuff that just. And then they got the tomato mozzarella chicken sandwich, which is from Canada for some reason. Lame. But not to be confused with like a chicken parm. parm. Style. Not a chicken. It doesn't have red sauce. No on red it. sauce. No tomato. Like that Burger King abomination. It's like I a, actually uh, love that. Yeah, I did. It's like a chicken caprese. It's like a caprese salad on top of a piece of chicken. I see. And then something just called cheesy bacon fries, which are just fries and bacon. And I don't understand why that is like an international thing. Like apparently you can only get that in Australia, which seems like you could get it anywhere. Maybe it's a special type of cheese they put on it. An Aussie cheese. Aussie Aussie Jack. You're going to end up getting like square slices of cheese melted on your fries. Uh, Well, I didn't mean to go through all (laughs) the list of this. That's disgusting. Uh, No, you are. uh, Bernie Sanders was out here killing McDonald's and Walmart earlier this week. I don't know if you saw that. He was at the uh, he was in front of the shareholders, and I gotta say they didn't seem to take it very well. Oh. <laughs> 
I like when Bernie Sanders comes out and yells at uh, corporations. It's very good. funny. Yes. <laughs> Someone has to. Uh, do you want to hear the... Uh, here's, here's their response, and you can hear the smugness. You guys ready for this? Thank you, Senator Sanders, for your presentation and your viewpoint. While we don't support this particular proposal, the importance of listening to and investing in our associates was reflected in our statements, and we'll hear more about it later in this meeting. Which sounds like a really nice way very of saying... corporate. <laughs> That's kind of what I got from them. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Democrats in a little bit if you guys are ready to talk about that. I have some interesting news about the Dems. We'll do that in the second segment. Sure. Uh, also this week, you guys remember, about, we talked about the Impossible Whoppers at Burger King. Mm-hmm. They're selling the meatless Whoppers. Yeah. Apparently, even though I find that idea kind of revolting, apparently you, they can't keep them in stock. Yeah. I believe it. They're good. It's a big, they're good. I haven't had them. I just assume they're good. So someone's tried one. Please let me know. I'm very curious now. I don't know if I want to try one. Apparently, a New York City Burger King, though, has been passing off their regular burger patties as the Impossible Whoppers, which is a very crummy thing to do. <laughs> it's Terrible. not very nice. I wonder if they can get in, like, criminal trouble for that. Probably not. Really, for somebody who, like, abstains from, like, meat, though, I guess, like, if you... Well, could they, uh, uh, well what are they going right. to cry about it? Like, we're going to put him in jail because they made me eat meat. That's if not, you were allergic to it, that would be real. different. Yeah, I mean, but if, other I, than that, no. Are people allergic to meat? No, but if they were allergic to it. I don't know. Could they be? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like an... I've never heard of that. Well, you never know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, let's move. The most that. they could do is like a like maybe you could get them on some sort of civil thing for like some like false charges or like yeah. misrepresenting what you're doing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, then you're just like, oh yeah, it was a mistake. I don't know. We got some idiot in the back. A hundred people gave you know that burger, burger. <laughs> uh, I have two weird stories from uh, schools from the realm of the education. Uh, one is about an elementary school in California. I don't know if you read this. An eighth grade student uh, shared his chicken burrito with a friend who didn't like his sandwich at the cafeteria mm. and he got detention for it and for it sure. made the news for sharing his food. Uh, the school says that it's because you can't share food with people because they might have allergies that they're not aware of. Okay. Or something but... along those lines. Seems like a weird rule though, uh, regulations about sharing your meals. I guess, how could you enforce it though? Would you have to just like see it happening and be on? I don't know. Yeah. Seems like a weird rule. Yeah, it's a dumb rule. Terrible rule. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, the parent would be the person who ran this story up because I feel like as a parent, how mad would you be if you're, if Kaz got in trouble for something like this? I would be pissed. I'm, right? I feel like this I is... I would the... be so mad, especially if he's a good kid. Right. Maybe this kid's a like, jerk. He's being we... helpful. Like, you could give him a warning or tell him, you know, that something, but that's mean. Uh, and the other story I have from high school is this is a senior prank. So I don't know if people still do senior pranks, but this is one of the better... Uh, senior pranks I've ever heard. Uh, a student who goes to Truman High School in, uh, I don't even know, somewhere in Kansas City, it looks like, listed his school on Craigslist <laughs> for the reasonable price of $12,275, uh, listing the following uh, points as selling things. Newly built football field. Newly added four modern day rooms. Next to Walmart for <laughs> convenience. Uh, reason for sale is due to loss of students coming up. <laughs> uh, bigger than normal dining rooms. <laughs> I like it. It's funny. Uh, pretty good high school prank. Did you guys ever do like senior pranks or anything like that when you guys were in high school? Yes. What'd you do? We um, had like a little courtyard at Sherman mm-hmm. and we put um, little cows and chickens in there. Cows and chickens? in there and put cows and like little big that's, cow and chicken. That's, and a, calves, calves. that's a very benign prank. Yeah, it was funny though. <laughs> Kev, what about you? Um, at my school, my class was, we were bad kids for like the <laughs> whole time. Uh, so everybody kind of took it easy in senior year. Like we were very, we, we did a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff out early. Did a lot of Fair. stuff out early. 
And then they removed like four or five kids and made them go to Proctor and things settled down for senior <laughs> year. Uh, so at Proctor for us, uh, there wasn't a senior prank necessarily Your because it's too big. It's too big, yeah. and most people's senior prank is just not going to school for three months. <laughs> it's like that's right. at the end of their senior year. I will say at the end of the year, there did always have there was always a uh, water balloon fight in the student parking lot. Yeah, that sure. seemed to exist. That was pretty regular, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call that a prank. It's not a prank. It's just like a ceremonial type thing. Yeah, seniors hit the freshmen with water balloons in the car. I mean, like that's good times. Uh, all right. Let's I have one piece of Trump talk. We've stayed away from Trump for a long yeah. time, but I've one. No, this is an easy one though. Okay. Uh, earlier this week, Alec Baldwin, who had been portraying Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live for the last three years or two years or so, has said that he is done portraying Donald Trump on SNL. He's finished. He's over it. Uh, guys, how do you feel about Alec Baldwin's proclamation that he's done portraying Donald Trump? I thought he already said he was done. Well, I guess he likes money. Oh, <laughs> I mean, so he came back and now now he's done. He will continue to like money. I feel like I hope he's done. I think the joke has kind of run out. The only reason yeah. it seemed like he was doing it is because it genuinely annoyed Donald Trump for a while. But I now it seems now like it Trump doesn't care. Puts more attention on Trump too, so maybe that's another reason. Why. It's hard to do Trump as parody because he himself is such an odd character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard a lot of bad like Trump impressions since he's been president. Why are you looking at me like, like that? that voice? <laughs> I'm not looking at you. Um, but it's because and because Alec Baldwin's isn't. Uh, that great no like not it's great, not dude. really that spot on so people end up doing impressions of alec baldwin and not impressions <laughs> of trump so i don't know if somebody else will step up or if they just won't put him in they're gonna have to put him in at some point so i don't know he'll be back uh just before we go to break uh, i forgot about it today uh, david ortiz boston red sox uh yeah. baseman got shot oh, in the dominican that. republic in the dominican republic uh, the, like 10th person that died there this month yeah, he didn't die. He's oh, not. He's in critical oh. condition. Yes, a lot more than ten people have died in the Dominican Republic this month. I promise you. Um, so you know, I mean, like, no jokes. Like, I, I hope, I hope Big Poppy is all they right. They said he's yeah. in. Uh, they got him in stable condition. They're gonna be yeah. trying to fly him to Boston now. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's gonna be all right, but he was in surgery for like six hours. Well, it went through his liver. Uh, they were trying to rob him in the streets. Oh. Um, I guess and there's videos all over Twitter of the dude that tried to rob him because. Streets in the Dominican Republic work a little bit different than the streets of America. Yes, um, for that sure. dude had a very, very, very tough evening after he shot literally probably the most popular person in the Dominican Republic. Oh, like, God. For as much as the city of Boston loves David Ortiz, he's a literally hero. a god yeah. in the Dominican Republic. You think about how baseball crazy they are, and that's their biggest guy they ever had. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the one time ever I'll be rooting for a Boston Red Sox to do as best as he can. Yeah. Like, to do your best, brother. Yeah, man, 100%. You know, it, this, it transcends, even though I'm yeah. a Yankees fan, even yeah, though yeah. I've hated Ortiz so many times in games, you know. Well, this doesn't eliminate the fact that David Ortiz did, in fact, take steroids during his playing career. <laughs> um, I still do hope for the best. <laughs> no best for sure, for sure. Because, obviously. man, it's crazy. It's one of those things when you read it, and you're like, you read it again, and you're like, wait, what? So... Uh, all right, so let's go to this week's interview. Uh, something a little lighter. Uh, our good friend Will Phillips. You know, Will Will is sort of a renaissance man. He's all over the place. Great stand-up comedian. He does uh, stage time trivia, as I mentioned, on Mondays and Thursdays. You can catch him at the Killabrew or at Woodland Brewery. He's doing stand-up tonight, Tuesday, June 11th, if you hear us on Tuesday, at the uh, Buried Acorn Brewing Company in Syracuse. So if you're a GFOP out in Syracuse, stop by and see him. Uh, and he's also a great follow on Twitter at The Thrill, T-H-R-Y-L-L. Uh, this was a, you know, we didn't have a, this could have been an evergreen conversation. We talked about a lot of different stuff. We talked about, uh, stand-up comedy. 
Uh, we talked about cats because he has a uh, skinless cat or a skin, uh, hairless, hairless cat. Not skinless. Skin that's terrible. Sorry, hairless cat. Sorry, a hairless cat at the house. We talked about comedy feuds. Talked about uh, how he has more Twitter followers than anybody I know. He's like fourteen thousand Twitter followers. It's crazy. Uh, he was alligator wrestling in Colorado earlier this year, so we talked a little bit about that. That's right, you heard that. So a lot of stuff. Uh, great conversation with Will, uh, and we got all over the place. Great talking to him. Let's get to it. We'll be back in just a second. talking about this before the interview started yeah even in education i have a master's degree in history and education like adolescent education and the math thing makes me feel stupid when yeah. a kid's like can you help me with this algebra too i'm like no i cannot no i can tell you about the civil war if you want to know about <laughs> that i can help you write an essay with fancy words in it but if you know i got nothing for right. you. and they're so good at it do you remember how you learned math like what was it what did they give you like what was your was it long division we were learning, basically? Like, long division, I remember pretty specifically, yeah. Where, where did you drop off? Because I have a moment oh. where I remember. Do you remember where it was you gave up on math? Uh, yeah, it was I. It was probably around algebra and when we started doing things called like parabolas. Like what parabolas. the? And graph graph paper? What the hell was that about? <laughs> yeah, plotting. Yeah, I can't plot anything. You know where I... The last thing that I sort of understood... Do you remember logic proofs? Uh, that wasn't even like numbers. I think I've it was tried like, to forget. If this, then this, and it was like okay. It was basically common sense math. Yeah, that I sort of understood, right? But then I would start questioning myself, and I'd be wrong on it. Yeah, times. yeah. Well, it got to a point where it started. It stopped being math, and it just became like wacky crap with numbers that you can do. Like it, nothing practical. Like, no, we're not using any of it. They show me like cosine stuff now. They're like, oh, it's like cosine x equals. Yeah, I'm like, I don't nothing. I got nothing for you. I always assumed they should just have like real life math, which is a course. Right. Like, here's how you balance a checkbook. Here's right. how you write a check. Here's how you determine your budget. Uh, yeah, usable math. Right. And I guess... And tipping. I, and, I, well, and here's the tipping. Well, please. The other one that gets me is my kids ask me that question all the time. They go, what do I need this for? Right. And that was what I was asking as a kid, and no one could answer it. You know what I give them now? I'll tell you what I tell them now, which is not a satisfying answer for them. I go, you'll never have to use this. Yeah. But this is not about learning a skill you're going to use. The cat doesn't like it. This is about challenging yourself to do high-level problem-solving. It's like, you'll never use this in your real life, but the, if you can figure out this kind of math, if you can understand the concepts here, it's going to set you up for, like, greater things in that aspect. Now, I don't know. That's like, a lie, Sam. It is a lie. That's well, a lie. A good, portion of teaching, <laughs> a good portion of teaching and parenting, from what I've been told, it's a, is lying and, uh, what do you call it, bargaining. It's an admirable <laughs> lie. Thank you. Yeah, but it's a lie nonetheless. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, I should have looked up before uh, before you came in. This is probably your third or fourth time on the show. I want to say it's only my second or maybe third. Probably your third. I think it's probably your third okay. on the show. I want to say, because you came on with Phil I once. came on with Phil. And, and you've been on by yourself as well, have you not? I don't think so. Have you not been on by yourself? I have not. i got to look back on the list. I'm going to find it out. Okay. Uh, but I'm glad we got to have you, and it was really nice to see you down at uh, Handshake City yesterday. Yeah, for... it was awesome. Did you enjoy yourself? I, I did. I, I couldn't stay very long, but I, I put in about 45 minutes, and I was really impressed with what you had going on. Uh, you're a cat owner. I know you have the, the hairless cat, which we're going to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who came in yesterday asked, are you ever going to do this event, like a cat-based event? To which we all said, no, you couldn't do a cat-based event because none of the cats would be interested in seeing other cats. It would be a nightmare. No. Yeah, cats are a weird, a weird breed. Well, I'm going to talk to you about the hairless cat in just a moment because I'm very curious about how you got talked into this. Yeah. <laughs> but let's start with the uh, most important aspect for folks listening to this show on Tuesday, which, to be fair, most people listen to it right when it comes out. Tonight, Tuesday, June 11th, uh, you will be performing at the Buried Acorn Brewing Company. That is correct. And that's in Syracuse, New York? Syracuse, New York. My understanding is that it's by the mall? I don't know. Oh, by I've the... Never, uh, I've never been there. By but... that big, giant, crazy mall. Yes. Yeah. You've been in there? Of course, yeah. What do you think of it? Uh, it's overwhelming and aggravating. My nieces and nephews really like it. They love all the stuff that's in there. Like, they want to go to, like, the Wonderworks. And right. All the... That's like an entertainment district as opposed to just a mall. They did, just... you, did you go through a mall phase growing up? Like, when you were a teen? Okay, so... Or adolescent? I'll give you two on those. Yes, I did. Yeah. And I loved it. Just go to the mall and hang out and right. not buy anything. And number two, that is back around. Like, right. Because kids would rather do nothing somewhere else then do something with, like, the parents of the house or around their, like, brothers and sisters. Like, yeah. Just the idea of being away from the house around things that you could theoretically buy if you had money. Right. And just look at things that you might want to buy. They tend to love that. So I think the mall thing is coming back around. Well, are you a mall rat, too? I, sort of. Yeah, I went through the that The arcade phase. guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The arcade mm. is dead, though. There's no such thing as an arcade. Anymore. No, now it's barcades. Like, yeah, <laughs> which are which I support. <laughs> yeah, but right. they're definitely playing into our generation's nostalgia for arcade right. games because. But kids these days, there's no, they're never gonna know the appeal of the arcade. I don't. Do you think. know what changed in arcades for me going forward? Do you remember when we were kids? You could go into an arcade and there was a pinball section. There's mm -hmm. like fighting games oh, and yes. there's like little twenty five cent games and shooting games. Now when you walk into an arcade, I feel like they're all like these big giant like stand on top of a skateboard and do this. It's a, it's all like an interactive game now in a way that it didn't used to be. Right. You could just play like a a shoot like a Donkey Kong style game if you wanted back in the day. Yeah, I guess what the the, the front runner of that was Dance Dance Revolution. Dance Dance Revolution, which, which I never never got into. No, don't understand it. I don't even understand how you're supposed to be good at it. I think it's just because I have so little rhythm as a human being. Yeah. That even if I knew. It's like Garage... It's like Guitar Hero. You ever play Guitar Hero? Yes, sure. Do you play real guitar? Uh, I dabbled. I know, like, three chords. Every <laughs> musician I know would play Guitar Hero, and their actual argument would be, this is stupid, that's not how you play the song. Right. <laughs> it's like this fine disconnect between real musicians and people who are like, yeah, I'm a Guitar Hero legend. It's like, play it on a real guitar, kid. Yeah. Um, no one plays real instruments either more. That's the other one. Arcades are dying, and kids don't play in bands anymore. Those are the two things I've noticed since... They just make music on like SoundCloud and their computers now. It's it's that, that that's not gone. It's just changed. Well, as long as they're making something and not shooting heroin, <laughs> I suppose. That's true. This is the definitely the woke generation of children. I noticed they don't. Cause even when I was going to high school, kids were lurking around out front of the school, smoking cigarettes and bid packs and yeah, like high, that that does not exist at all anymore. And 
I think they, I think all that viral marketing for like, while cigarettes will kill you, I mean, it's real, it's true, I'm not making it up. I think it actually worked in a weird way. Yeah. Unfortunately, Jewel came in and just undercut all of that good work and took that entire market share because all the kids are Oh, Jewel the vape. I thought yeah, you meant the, the singer Jewel. Like, no, not the singer. What does she do to the... <laughs> What's she back? Did she ruin the cigarette industry? I didn't... I have no idea. Man, Jewel, I forgot about her. That was a good deep reference. Yeah. <laughs> Had a little cute little snaggle tooth. <laughs> uh, so, I gotta ask you, uh, how often are you doing sort of stand-up currently right now? Um, not as often as I, I'd like, I just, because I work so much, but I, I, I usually get about maybe one booking a month, Mm. um, and then I'll try to hit a couple of open mics Mm. a month. And is that because you started doing a little more work with the Woodland Brewery guys? Yeah, 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 a lot, you know, I, I, I have a desire to make money, like, how about it? You know, it's, it's just, there's, there's (laughs) not a whole lot of, like, opportunities for the, for the creative types, it seems, so I've been trying to do as much as possible, you know. Yeah, and well, shout out to GFOP, uh, Keith. Redhead, by the way, who's been on the show a couple times. Oh, uh, yeah. and they were down at the park yesterday, and they brought that Handshake City IPA, which I really enjoyed. Oh, so yeah. Thank Ke- you, guys. Keith knows what he's doing. Oh, he's a legit... He's a, he's a star. I yeah, like yeah. Well, I guess my question is, how did you initially get involved? Were you just going to Woodland a lot and having drinks, or did you know the folks um, over there? Well, I had uh, started, uh, you know, because I still run that uh, the the stage time trivia with Phil Farda correct you know, uh, Phil great guy yeah and uh, so I had I started doing trivia there and I'd been doing that yeah. for several couple of years and they, uh, you know they needed some help behind the bar and one of my other side gigs dried up so I was yeah. like hey that might be a good fit Are you doing brewing stuff up there now too no maybe eventually I mean I, I, would, I would like to do that I'd like to learn more of that but no I'm just uh, just a, your friendly neighborhood beer tender. You know, I've said it a couple times, I really love what they've decided, not what they decided, what that place has really become. It's such a really, I love the vibe in there. It's so cool, and the and the people who are there are so, like, welcoming. And Oh, yeah, it's re- it's really nice. I mean, I, there, I have very few uh, jerks. Like, it's very well, nice. Also, very few, what I like to refer to as, like, beer snob types. Like, for as smart as they all are about beer and all the different stuff, they never make you feel like an idiot for not, for asking your question or not knowing no. what something is, right? Which right, I, I've never. seen, that was a New York City thing. Like, yeah. it's very common. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get those people that are like, hey, what do you have that's like a Bud Light? And you try to, yeah. try to you know, appease that. <laughs> but uh, no, there's no judgment there. Are you drinking more because of this gig now? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a loaded question. I... <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I'm drinking. I'm drinking more, uh, better beer. I'm drinking <laughs> better. I'm drinking better and less quantity. Just higher quality. Yes, higher, higher quality. quality. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so Phil, I know you have your show on Tuesday, and that's again. By the time folks listen to that, it'll be today. You just called me Phil. I call you Will Phillips. Sorry. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very then, easy to do. Well, I'm looking it. at the thing. It says the thrill on yeah, here, yeah. and then Phillips. You guys, you all, you gotta get a more, uh, you gotta get a stage name of some sort. I know. Well, yeah. Will Flair. I got a lot of L's. A lot of L's in there. <laughs> you can get like a, uh, like a, just steal it from a wrestler. You could be like. Uh, Davy Boy Phillips or something. Oh sure, I'd like a <laughs> yeah boy, yeah Willie Boy. Willie, <laughs> let's uh let's speak about wrestling for a second. Were you in Louisiana just recently, or where did you go? I you were wrestling alligators. Oh no, that well I went to Colorado. To Colorado. Oh my alligators. god, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is not something you'd normally think of. Wow, uh, <laughs> I'm so curious. So the 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 quick answer is that uh, there's some there's a, an area in Colorado where they have like geothermic water. And so it, oh, it's really? always like an eighty. It's always eighty-seven degrees. Oh, okay, or something so like, like a that. like a natural hot spring or something. Yeah, those and so okay. it started as a, a fish farm, huh. and so this is back in the nineties. And apparently, uh, 
you know, they, they got some baby alligators to help in the disposal of fish carcasses. That but, seems dangerous, but all right. Right, yeah. and, but they grew, as, <laughs> as, as babies do. <laughs> baby anythings do. As you do. And uh, soon it just became, like, soon people started dropping off their unwanted reptiles there. And, <laughs> and before they knew it, they had, like, a bunch of gators, and they got venomous snakes and crap. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool place. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere uh, in the mountains. It's got to be Colorado, because, like, this seems like something you'd have to be really high <laughs> well, when I went, that was the only day where I didn't want to do that because I wanted to be clear-headed. True. You know, I, I I didn't want to mess around with that. You ever watch some of these people? I like I watch a lot of like nature stuff on like YouTube or documentaries, and some of these idiots will just like get on top of the alligator and like be having a conversation with you. You're like, you're not giving that alligator its proper respect. I think you'd reach up and, like, rip your face off in two seconds. Yeah, well, because I... Yeah, because I wrestled, like, four alligators, I'm pretty much an expert now. How does... So, <laughs> is it, like... Is there a technique to that? Like, you gotta get them over there, on, the, like, a dog and There is. So, they're very side-to-side based. Right. They can't see directly behind them or, sure. you know, in front of them necessarily. But, uh... So, the idea is you... And this is all hands on. They don't. Oh there's gosh. no hand holding through this. Yeah, yeah. They show you how to do it, but then it's like, go do it. Oh my god! So you go into these this pool of murky water, which you <laughs> cannot see anything, and it's and you're just supposed to wade in there. And there's there's like 30, 40 alligators per pit. Okay. And uh, you're supposed to find the end of a tail, and drag the thing up oh. on land, oh. and then do a movement where you throw the leg between the, the throw the tail between your legs oh and you pounce god. on it. And then you, you hold their head down, and then you like put them in the camel clutch, essentially. That's <laughs> a, a popular wrestling hold by the Iron Sheik for the non Yeah, the it's, it's the only wrestling hold legal in alligator wrestling. <laughs> the can't. camel clutch. Uh, so, what? I guess I, it was just an opportunity. You just happened to be out there. You I, stumbled into it. I, I had the vacation scheduled anyway. And yeah. um, so, Katie, my girlfriend, uh, something happened last minute, mm. and she couldn't go. So, oh, I, nice. I, I just, you know literally just you know searched for weird shit to do in Colorado and uh, that came up and I was like I have to do this I just have to ask because I've talked to a lot of folks who either lived in Colorado or spent time in Colorado is there a noticeable difference with uh, recreational marijuana being legal to like other places you've been to do you notice it at all or a is it... noticeable difference like I'm saying like do you smell it in the public more often is it like the kind of or is it just like uh, do you would you not even notice it I don't think I noticed it yeah I was just curious if it's like if there was any noticeable difference it's it's pretty fantastic to go into a store and just buy like a pack of cigarettes though yeah it's well, pretty great I'm not allowed to do that anymore Oh, my yes. job and such, but sure. I understand that. Uh, no, I think. Too, is that, though, uh, should I not have said that? No, you can say whatever <laughs> you want, man. Right. You do what you want, brother. Okay. Uh, no, listen. I think too, though. Well, it's it's an important question to discuss because you start seeing New York State saying talking about making legal recreationally, and you see a lot of other places. I think that it's going to become more normal in the next five, ten years. So I agree. Yeah. The idea that we can't have discussions about it seems kind of odd. It now is because dumb, you know yeah. it is going to be on that government level, and people. Again, it's always coming down to the government wants to make money. At the end of the day, whether they're for something or against something, if it can make the money, sure. they're for it. And it looks like Colorado, California, how much money these places have made, I'm, oh, yeah. it's going to be just a matter of time before other states want some of that that sweet, sweet money, too. I, they'd be fools not to. Yeah. I mean, we could have that whole discussion about that. But let's, uh, let's move on, because I have a lot of... Basically, I came up with a lot of comedy stuff for you, and a little bit of wrestling, and a little bit of other things, but... Sure. Uh, because we don't have a ton of direct stuff to talk about, I have a couple different things. And one of them I'm going to start with is uh, YouTube and a little bit of comedy stuff. So let's start here. Yesterday, 
I was looking up on YouTube. I was watching this like ten to fifteen minute documentary about com- uh, comedians who had feuds with each other historically. Yeah, and it was about Sam Kinison and Andrew Dice Clay was number one of them, and then uh, Dave Chappelle and like Keen Peel, and uh, the other one, which was like there's no real winner in this one, was Louis C.K. and uh, Dennis Leary. Who are two guys I don't really care for as much anymore. Uh-huh, right. Uh, although I have to say, like, Dennis Leary, like, I love that one Dennis Leary stand-up growing up, like, the No Cure for Cancer. Where he sings the song. Well, he sings the asshole song. Right. right? And that's what the basis of this feud was about, was that Dennis Leary apparently had seen Louis C.K. doing a bit about wouldn't it be interesting to just be able to call yourself an asshole and just live your life that way. Yeah. And apparently he was emceeing a, a stand-up thing and saw him do that bit and then riffed on it after Louis C.K. left the stage. And the next time Louis C.K. saw him, he was just full-on co-opted the bit and it became right. a thing. So my initial question was, like, when you're coming up with material, I know a lot of comedy stuff treads over the same territory. Have you ever had that problem where you're doing a bit and you realize someone's doing something that's very similar? Like, how do you make something your own and stop yourself from, like, co-opting other stuff you see out there? Um, I don't... I try not... I, I try to put the, the blinders on, so to speak. Um, I, I am... I try to be aware of what other people are doing. If, if someone more famous than me has breached a, a certain territory, I... And I don't think I can add anything yeah. to it that's better than them. I'll scrap. I'll scrap yeah. it. Um, like I, I used to do this bit about uh, Humpty Dumpty and <laughs> and like how I don't understand how the horses, what they thought the horses could contribute to the repairs. Yeah, what? It's <laughs> a great point. But All the, the king's horses. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna eat the stuff on the ground. Right, like, or they're like, they're gonna make more pieces with their hooves. <laughs> it's gonna be a mess. Um, but I, I then heard horse. I heard Ricky. Jer- so am I. I hate horses. Mm. They're fright. They frighten me. They're huge, big teeth. Oh, oh yeah, they, they, there's so many ways they can injure you. <laughs> But uh, then I heard R- Ricky Gervais had like a, a, a bit about that subject, and that's uh, fair. I was like, eh, I'll just put this to rest. So that how many? That's gotta be frustrating though. If you're like thinking about something, then all of a sudden it just hits, and you're like, ah, I gotta move away from it. It's a little frustrating, yeah. But you know, hopefully, you know, there's more crap, more material in the in the head that you can pull out. The other one that I think was crazy to me is uh, for you know my buddies over at. Uh, uh, uptown over there are my friends Brianna and Devin they're always hassling me to come down and do the stand up thing and I, I want to come do it eventually I just I've been so broke and I haven't had a lot of time when I'm doing the teaching stuff it's a very welcoming environment I don't go as often as I should because I, I bartend a lot on yeah. these days but well, they're, they're great folks down there. yeah I they're cool doing it. they're cool guys but the idea of coming up with stand up is very discerning to me because I think that my particular style of doing comedy and if people listen to the show they don't even know if I'm funny or not I my basis for all comedy is like Mystery Science Theater 3000 so I oh, feel yeah? like a lot of my comedy comes from riffing on things that are happening and not necessarily like, what's the deal with this? Do you okay. know what I mean? Like, do you ever notice it? Is that like, I don't even know if that's a real method to do comedy. Can you do something like that? Just do riffing as your comedy of choice? Or is it really about coming up with content like that you can sell on your own? I mean, there are plenty of people that can go up there and just riff and do crowd work and make it work. I am the opposite. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like to riff or I, I feel very comfortable with the written word. Mm-hmm. So I, I prefer to like craft a joke and like word it just right. Yeah. But then like if, when it comes down to like crowd work and stuff, I tr- tend to stay away from it if possible. Yeah. Well, that's a very improv-y, I think too. That's like an improv-based method I'm is to work. Frightened with. of improv. Frightened frankly. of it. Okay, so that's sort of that's a good yeah. question too. So I th- I think I'm with you on that. I, the yeah. idea. 
With improv, what scares me is like me letting down the rest of the people who are doing other good work right. on stage and me being like, uh, right. freeze, I'm a cop, right? Like, I don't want to do that. Right, right? yeah, and yeah. you ruin the momentum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I get that. That's a, that's a big fear. <laughs> so, let's, uh, the other one I had was I, I had this idea, and what I'm going to do later on is I have this list of a potential stand-up routine that I've left on my phone for years and I'm going to pitch you some of the ideas. You can tell me if you think there's anything in it. Okay. Uh, but one of the things that I've tried, I thought about doing is, you ever watch the show Temptation Island? I remember it. They brought it back. Oh, did they? Yeah, that's that's oh. something that I think I want to do one of these days, an entire bit, just about like a 10-minute bit on Temptation if Island. If there was one show that needed to be rebooted, <laughs> it was Temptation Island. I think they should... My problem with this, I think they should lean into what the show's really about. Like, it should just be called Beefcake Island, and it should be like... Do you want to cheat on your husband or wife? Come to this island, and if you feel bad when you're done sleeping with this beefcake, uh, you shouldn't have done it. Who would sign up for that show? <laughs> Couples who are ready to break up. Right, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and want to do it on a grand stage. I also have a theory for like a rom-com movie where like two longtime friends go to Temptation Island under the pretense, like, well, we can't meet anybody. Why don't we just pretend we're a couple and go on this show and we'll meet people there? Yeah. And then over the course of it, they fall in love for real. Oh, there's, sure. See, there's your... There's... Yeah. It's <laughs> that, beautiful. Thank you. You didn't laugh, so I'm going to tell it's not a good thing. <laughs> no, I thought it was touching. Uh, I have a question for you as well about... One last comedy question, then we'll do the, the stand-up bit later on. Um, and I, this is sort of a, a more serious question because uh, when I saw you... Uh, when I saw you at the Green Onion not too long ago, you were it was before a stand-up thing, and you were sort of working on stuff by yourself. Yes. Like at the, is that sort of your process? Do you sort of isolate yourself beforehand to sort of do... I isolate myself in general. <laughs> I, I, I'm an only child, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, tend yeah, yeah. To, I tend to withdraw from... You know, anytime I can withdraw from humanity is my preferred. But, I mean, just, but just, just recently I went over and hashed out some material with a buddy, yeah. and it was... Fine, I guess. Sure. Um, but I, I mostly prefer to tinker with like mm -hmm. a, a joke by myself. Yeah. And I guess the the more serious question I have for you, and I, this is a probably opens up a can of worms. Do you feel like it's gotten harder to be a comedian or to write comedy in this let's call it the political correctness era without trying to put it sort of yeah. yeah. Uh, but it also is. I don't mind it because. <laughs> If you if you're gonna breach some of these subjects in a in a funny way, it it better be good. Like you can't just you can't right. just like half-ass a, a, a rin riff about like abortion anymore. It's got you right. know if you if you're gonna hit that subject, you got to make sure it's different and funny. Well, I think the other one too is a lot of people I see use this. I'm a comedian. It's satire as a blocker. Like you, I don't know if you've been following this thing that's going on YouTube. This guy Carlos Meza from Vox is fighting with this right wing guy Stephen Crowder. Who said these really terrible things about him? And he's like, "Oh, it's comedy, though. I'm just I'm doing a bit." And it's like, well, you can't just say you're a comedian when it suits you, right? Yeah, right. To get out of saying something terrible that you just said to that's somebody. not like a blanket safeguard. Yeah, it that's should kinda, not be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the reason I brought this question up is a couple weeks ago I watched one of my favorite stand-ups of all time, this uh, George Carlin. Um, I can't think of the name. Gr Complaints and Grievances by yeah, George Carlin. His later stuff was pretty acerbic. Yeah. Now. I thought it was fun. There's a whole bit he does about strong names, and it's all like, I bet you 10 times out of 10 that right. Kyle, Vinny, and Tony will beat the crap out of Biff Todd, Webster. Kyle, and Tuck. Yeah. 
But it's like, that is probably something that's not even super politically correct, to, like, judge somebody based on, like, soft names or something. That wouldn't probably play well today if you said, unless you're George Carlin and you can make it so funny that people are like, yes. Right. You can get to a point of fame and where you can say and do very do no wrong. You know, you can get to that point, it seems. And even Carlin, uh, there's an interesting story, I, I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast, they were talking about this with somebody, but Carlin put out a bit not too long before, like, September 11th happened, where he was talking about how he likes when large groups of people die. Actually, funny story about yeah. that. I uh, saw Carlin at uh, Turning Stone Casino mm-hmm. in 2001, mid-2001, yeah. and he was gearing up for that special, which yeah. was supposed to be called, I Kinda Like It When, when a Lot of People, people die. die. Yeah. And then, um, and, he, and he was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm gearing up for this next HBO special, which yeah. I think was in late September or October or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then September 11th happened. And he had to kind of, like, tweak all yeah, of that. Yeah, Um So it was kind of interesting. He didn't, he didn't survive too much. Why would he die? That's a good question. Because he... I saw his last stand-up, and it was very clear that he had gotten to, like, I'm an elderly man. He stage. had slowed yeah, down he, a lot. I think he had had a heart attack or, or two. And, yeah. For me, I still think he's probably the most important comedian of my, like... Comedy viewing, yeah. I, I guess you could make a Patton Oswalt argument too. I loved Patton Oswalt. Yeah, he's great. A couple albums, but yeah. was there someone for you like is the most important comedian? For it you? was. Uh, it's. It's. I guess it's a little cliche, but I. I had the George Carlin CDs yeah, growing up, so good, and I loved Seinfeld. I was watching Seinfeld like uh, when it was airing new episodes, and I was a little yeah. young, but I loved it anyway. See, I love the Seinfeld show more than I actually like him as a stand-up comedian, but the show is is. I think a lot of people... That's a hot take now, too, is to crap on Seinfeld. I've seen, like, the Anthony Jeselnik's of the world being, like, Seinfeld's not funny. He's doing, like, dad humor. That is incorrect. Yeah. Seinfeld ages like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I love Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of the most important shows for me growing up. It was one of the first shows that was, like, a New York show that I got into. It felt like a like a little bit of a niche show that people really liked. You yeah. wanted to be in on the joke. And I think Curb, Curb was like an extension of that. Too. Right. I mean, it, yeah, it's that same. It's Larry David's fingerprint, really. It's it's that kind of like, it's not about nothing. It's just about no. the, the, the minutia of everyday life. Yeah, and that's what people, that's the nothingness of the right. show, right? The nuance right. of the little intricacies of dealings with people in your life. We're like, all dealing yeah, with it, yeah. Uh, let's, let's take a break from comedy for a second. got a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about. Um... Game of Thrones. Seems like you are a Game of Thrones guy, from what your Twitter leads me to believe. Uh, my Twitter? I was reading your Twitter a little bit about you were talking about it on there. Are you not a Game of Thrones? No, fan? I I am. I would. I'm not a diehard fan. Like, no. I I I watched the series casually, mm-hmm. with, but I there are you know I lose track of I was losing track of character names yeah. and lands and stuff. I don't know. Well, maybe you're a good you're a good example for this question too, because I talked to Katie Riley about this, who was again sort of watching it casually because Justin was watching it pretty seriously. Yeah. Did you like the end of the show? Did you watch it? Did you think it was good? Um, I think you know, and I'm not one of those people that that also read the books. I just I, don't know I just about it. watched the show, but I agree with like I think 99 percent of people who thought that it was rushed. What do you think it is about these big giant 
crossover television shows that makes them so hard to like stick the landing on? Is it because people care or are so invested about all these characters? It's just there's so many people? I think so. It takes on a life of its own and then it's like, well, we don't want this to end, but if if it's going to end, it better end the way I think it should end and then there's just no way to ap- appeal to everybody. I think we've talked about this in the show a lot about like what shows have done the ending right. And I think if you look at, like, The Office and Parks and Rec, those are pretty satisfying. Right. Although they feel kind of easy. Everybody kind of gets what they want. Everybody's happy. All these characters you like end up in a good situation. Yeah. It's, you feel pleased about it, and it's like a candy treat, and it melts away, and you don't think about it again. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the weird sort of Sopranos, Twin Peaks, sort of like, we're not going to end this in a way that is satisfying to you, but it will sort of open up further conversation about this show going forward for the next 10 to 12 years. I mean, going back to Seinfeld, I thought that was one of the more disappointing so you were out, That's a great thing to actually come around. I actually time. watched that one live. I remember like rushing home and yeah, taping same, it. same. And even as a kid, I liked it, but I don't know if I realized that it was disappointing until I got older. Like, I was just like, oh, that was okay. And then right. as I got older, I was like, that was kind of crummy. It was weird. It, it had a weird tone to it that didn't seem to match the rest of the show. It was funny to me that they... The show ended, and they kind of got what was coming to them. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I like <laughs> That's a very Larry David choice. I feel. Like. I like the idea that they went to jail for doing nothing. It's, it's doing, that. Yeah. It's that nothing like theme again. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, kind of yeah. cool, I guess, but uh, it didn't do it for me. Do you uh, do you watch the Curb Your Enthusiasm Seinfeld season they did? Yes, that felt like a much better closure yeah. on the whole Seinfeld thing and the fact that they had to we were able to do this whole meta commentary about it too I think was really right nice yeah that, well. that was perfect actually that season was fantastic uh, alright so I'm gonna go to uh, video games for just one second yeah, I saw yeah. this on your Twitter are you doing a Twitch stream I uh, got depressed and put that on hold as, with, on hold. as with so many no, projects because I've, I've actually thought about doing uh, the video game streaming for a couple months now I've talked about the pod I would like to do an interview based show where I play regular Nintendo games with people while we interview it. That's a fantastic that. idea. I mean, I'm stealing it from Kofi Kingston, uh, uh, Xavier uh, Woods, Xavier and the Woods. Up, Down, Down, but right. uh, I think you could do it with more local people as well and still get some nice content out of it. Uh, what's your game of choice? Are you like a video game, old school, new school? Um, I, I feel, no, because I, I kind of, well, I went, I took a break. So I went from uh, like Super Nintendo mm-hmm. to PlayStation 3. No, no, that's a, a big break. That's yeah, a yeah, big yeah. break. And mm-hmm. I, I thought I was done with video games. I just thought I was sure. done. But the, the, the series that brought it back for me was uh, the Dark Souls series. I'm familiar with Dark Souls. It's very it. popular. I played oh. um, I played Bloodborne, which yeah. is not exactly Dark Souls, but it's the same company. But it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all similar. Uh, I just thought those were so ruthlessly difficult. And uh, it brought back yes. memories of like trying struggling, struggling as a kid to yeah. get past levels and stuff. <clears throat> I think the games, that I, there were two games that brought me back. Because I did the sort of same thing. I had a Super Nintendo growing up. Uh, I did sort of play games, but in my middle area, I just kind of got caught up with, like, money and chasing, like, girls and jobs and and, and band stuff. I came around again because of Fallout 3. And that's another one. Yeah, that was great. I'm a big Fallout guy. Do you find it odd, as somebody who has this gap and someone from my same, same generation, that video games have become maybe the most successful, widest net 
source of entertainment out there now, even almost more than like big budget movies. Is that odd to you as it is to me? Um, it it is a little odd. I mean, we were because when we were growing up, they told us that video games were stupid, right? Right? Like they're like, no one's ever going to do this in like twenty years. It's right. all going to be gone. But these things aren't going anywhere. Like no, they're only getting bigger, right? So it yeah, you can't you can't stop progress with anything. But yeah, there, there there's so many things to do in that Fallout. Like you could just go and collect butterflies for, yeah. or maybe that's Skyrim. But. Either they're both the same like functional engine, right? So. I get concerned because I watch all these Black Mirror shows, and they're all seeming to imply that the video games will be the downfall of us. That we're going to get stuck in like the VR future, where we're all just wearing headsets all the time in a chair and never leaving our house. Well, that's not just video games, but just screen and tech and technology. Oh. Screen time and technology in general is destroying humanity. Do you have the? Uh, <laughs> do you do the Screen Time app? Uh, is that the one where like it puts a limit on on what? No, it just tells you how many hours you're using your phone a week. Oh no, I don't oh. want to see that. I didn't want to see it. Especially when I started looking at it, and it's like, oh my god, this did, is an insane amount of time. I did a couple of things that I'm proud of myself for. I turned off all the... My phone does not buzz or beep or mm. fucking... You know, excuse me. Yeah, that's all right. Doesn't, okay. It makes me angry. But yeah. no, it, it, it doesn't interrupt <laughs> me at all. It does, yeah. So so at my phone, when I take it out and, and actively search on the phone, that's when I'll pay to see all the messages. But I don't yeah. I don't get bothered by it. And I also don't sleep with the, the phone in my, my room. Ooh. I, uh, I put one. it. I put it in another room. Mm. See, I use it for my alarm clock. So maybe that's my mistake I'm using here. Uh, you could just get a regular alarm clock, like a caveman. I have an old school alarm clock. It's on the other side of my room, so that I have to get right. it and turn it off. Right. But there you go. But they say like the looking at screens and the blue, blue out of, light. In, yeah, yeah, all that stuff yeah. is not good it for your sleep patterns. It screws up your patterns. whole, yeah. uh, like the whole, like the cones in your eyes, the rods and cones. It makes a big. Yeah. I read about this because my eyes are garbage. Hey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> I love it. How old are How old are you? Thirty three. Do you do you have horrible nightmares in your in your thirties? Did you have a reemer? Are you having a reemergence of nightmares like I am? I'm having terrible nightmares, and I don't know why. Uh, I have the same recurring nightmares. Okay. Uh, I have to be honest. I for years I don't either remember my dreams or I don't have them. Okay. I, and I don't know. I can't quite pinpoint when I stopped regularly having intense dreams because it used to be very common. What I notice now. I've always had the dream where I'm drowning. Not that I'm like physically like struggling to drown, but I'll be in the water with water above and below me. I'm just like floating in the water. Right? Yeah. I have that dream all the time. That one's rough. Uh, I've also had a couple creepy dreams over the years where I'm in like claymation world. Wow. It's not as cool as it sounds. It's horrifying. <laughs> like I don't like it. Right. That's like, unique. That one's a little weird. Uh, but I don't remember them as often. I'll wake up sometimes being like bah. Uh. But then I almost within five minutes. I wonder I what Freud it. would say about your claymation dreams. I don't know what it means. I'm just a little lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Why wow, you having nightmares like intensely? Yeah, I had a dream where like a, a a shadowy figure came from behind me and grasped my shoulders and said, "Can I get inside your head?" Was it Trump? <laughs> no, it was no, it was a <laughs> nameless and faceless. Oh God, and then I woke up intense. gasping for breath. I, this is yeah, I don't know. I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid to go to sleep. <laughs> That's a tough one. No, I'm with you. I, I've had a hard time sleeping for... Since I came back from New York, I struggle a little bit to sleep here. Yeah. Uh, the cat doesn't help because he wakes me up in the middle of the night. Yeah, too. cats aren't aren't good for sleep. Can we, can we talk about your hairless cat very quickly before we move on to the last stuff? Yeah, there's two of them. You have two hairless cats now? Yeah, well, it started with my girlfriend, Katie, wanted to get a, a hairless cat, and I was fine with it. Because you in, I was going to ask my question. Were you in on it? I'm into novelty anything. So <laughs> and, and I also had dated a girl previously in, in Los Angeles who had two hairless cats. So I had some experience sure. with the creatures, and uh, I was down with it. 
Can, um, you can be honest. Was it weird to touch it at first? No, it was awesome. Really? Yeah, I feel like it would be great for autistic kids to huh, touch because really? it's very like it's very it's a sensory thing. It's huh. it's very interesting. It's like it's just kind of like yeah the underside of your arm, kind of yeah. Or I say like bunching up your grandpa's forehead, kind of oh. like that. That's a very. It's a good. Not that. Not that I do that often, but (laughs) it's kind of similar. They're great. All right, cool. Very good. Because I felt like I would have to probably be convinced at first. I'd have to see one in real life first. I think I only see like the internet memes about the hairless. No, they're they're awesome, man. And they and they they get cold and shit. So they like they like to go under blankets with you and stuff like a dog. It's kind of nice. See this idiot cat down here. He gets under the blanket and thinks that he's in like an alternate dimension. He doesn't understand where he is or what happens to my legs if I put him under the blanket. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he might just be not very smart, Charlie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, all right, so I got two quick uh, uh, Twitter questions before you before we close out here today. One, I have to tell you, I went to your Twitter page today as I was getting ready for this. You have a shocking number of Twitter followers. I, I used to be more. I used to be very active. You have like fourteen thousand Twitter followers. That's insane. Yeah, I. You, you're almost verified. You should be verified. Yeah, <laughs> I'm verified in my heart. <laughs> I don't know. How did you, like, did you, that all happen at once, or how long have you been on Twitter? Like, 10 No, years? I've been on Twitter since about 2009, and mm. I was still in L.A. at the time, and I still had, like, in- industry friends. This was before I burned all my bridges. <laughs> that and, happens uh, a lot. Yeah, like. yeah, so, and they and they would retweet, retweet me a mm. lot. I've got I've got a couple of, like, I don't know, names that follow sure. me, like um, uh, Rain Wilson, I think. Hey, Rain Wilson. I, I think he still follows me. He, he used <laughs> Unless to. Unless you like, said something offensive. No, right, <laughs> yeah. So I've had a couple of, like, retweets from, from, Big big retweets that got yeah, me yeah. followers. That's interesting too. That's what because I, I know a lot of my friends who used Twitter as sort of a, a lot of my stand up comedian friends who sort of used it as sort of a workshopping yes. space for like jokes. Yeah. I also had a buddy who used to use Facebook for, but stopped using Facebook as a because people got very serious on Facebook. All of a right. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like that's a benefit for the stand up comedians to have an active Twitter account though? Um. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Um I cuz I I was doing I wasn't really doing stand up during this period. I was like I was in LA and I was like sad and I was like ah, I'm just going to tweet all day. And uh, <laughs> I would kick out like eight of these things a day and uh but and it would, it, some of them got weird. But then I would see like how many of them got like a certain amount of likes. And the I ones see. the ones that got like a large amount of likes, I would then try to take to the stage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, nine times out of ten, that's a pretty good uh, yeah. barometer, I guess. It makes sense. So it yeah. makes sense that it would work out that way, to be right. honest. Uh, all right. So let's do one uh, fun segment for me, and then we'll do your lightning round questions. Yes. I know you got to go to work. Uh, but again, follow uh, Will Phillips at The Thrill, T-H-R-Y-L-L. I think I spelled that right. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, and I'll link uh, for everything. I'm sure that people who are in Syracuse will enjoy your show tomorrow. If you guys listen you want to drive out to Syracuse, check them out tomorrow. Tuesday, June 11th at the uh, Buried Acorn Brewing Company. Even if you just like craft beer, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think they do good stuff. All right, so I have a made-up stand-up list. Like, basically just notes of stuff uh, that I think would be useful uh, for comedy stuff. This okay. is a fake comedy special I wrote called Transitional Champion. Okay. Uh, which, which is a wrestling reference. Uh, one, <laughs> and if someone's already done this, you can let me know. One, 
multi-level marketing schemes. People who try and convince you that they don't actually work for a, a pyramid scheme when they obviously do. Is somebody doing this bit already? I've never heard of that one. I, I love schemes. Ske oh, you like a good scheme? I love schemes. If I if I could get into crime, I probably would. The, the Sims did that for me. You know how the Sims, you could have several career paths? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them was always crime. And I was like, you know what? There's something to that. Well, that's like when you were a kid and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say a pirate. They're like, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, how about this one? How about... Every time you learn something new, you have to remove something old from your brain. You run out of space in your brain at a certain point in time. Oh, yeah. Someone might do that already, probably. No, I like that. I, and like I, that I, think, I think it's a good idea. All right. Well, you can steal any of these if you want, because I'm never going to do them. Oh, no. Uh, I'm sure that there's already wrestling stuff like the, the to be done. Although, I think there's something to be done with wrestling announcers. Like, politicians are now wrestling announcers. In the way that, like, Bobby the Brain Heenan would actively argue for something that's wrong and make it seem like it's all right. Like when Ric Flair would kick somebody in the dick, he would be like, oh, Ric Flair's trick me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that what our politicians are doing now? That is, there's not, there, you know, politicians are basically pro wrestling managers. That's, that's really what they are. <laughs> that's all they are. Uh, and then the last one is, uh, I used to do drugs, but I'm too embarrassed to buy them now. That, which is not, I didn't quit drugs because I don't like them. It's, I've gotten too old to walk into shady scenarios and ask for drugs. I, yeah, I mean, there, there are things that are just, it becomes too much of a hassle to do. It's not because you're a better person. It's just. Yeah, yeah I'm too old to go through this yeah. process anymore. Uh, all right, so those were so, any of those worth work for you? Anything on there? Well, anything pro wrestling I'm on board with. There is such, pro wrestling is such an odd, and you're in, you, again, so we're, strange, we're yeah. pro wrestling guys, and I think what's funny about pro wrestling, I got a lot of folks in the city who I talk to, uh, Shmir Gleason, uh, you, I got a lot of other buddies who are into wrestling, like Justin is into wrestling, and Kevin, and the lads in the podcast, once you find out that somebody is into wrestling, someone you know, that sort of becomes the only thing you ever talk about with them. Yeah. Do you know what I'm Like, yeah. once you know that that person's in it with you, they're like, oh, dude, did you see the thing, right? Right, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's it's so odd because it, it's such a I can't imagine ever trying to sell somebody on wrestling. I never anymore. try, no. never try. No. I, I don't even I don't even I kind of keep it to as, as a secret. I don't know. It's it's kind of a stigma. There's a there's a cycle of how this works, and I always use Kate Riley as an example of this because Kate used to come over and watch the pay per views with Justin early on, and she doesn't come as much anymore because I think she's over it. Right. Uh, but she used to come all the time and watch it with us. And the first time she watched it, she was like, "This is stupid." And right. We were like, "Yeah, sure." And then within 25 minutes, she saw Dean Ambrose and said, who's that guy? Oh, and that's yeah. always the first sign. When someone says, who's that guy? Yeah. They're like, oh. Oh, that, that's a hook. They're, they're in. They're, they're, they're in. Yeah, they're and in. then within like 45 minutes, I think most people, even if they don't like it, will decide if they're going to root for one person or the other. There's something natural about like looking at two people and being like, I want that guy to win. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a live action cartoon. That's all it yeah. is, really. I, it's, mean. I think it's funny that like... People will get... I used to say, like, you'd never get mad at a television show. Like, you, people get mad at wrestling when it doesn't go the way they want it. But, like, when Seinfeld ended, people didn't, like, call up NBC and be like, we're going to start a petition to rewrite this. But up until, like... Now, but now they do. Now, now they do. Now it's real. Yeah. So maybe it's now, the same Now people thing. react like wrestling yeah, fans to everything. They Yeah, they want to, like, smart mark everything now. Right. But you know Game of Thrones is fake, right? Yeah, you know it's not real, yeah. right? Yeah, I, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, you know it's not real. I'm like, is the Kardashians real? I mean, Just, they're real humans. One thing about wrestling that I can't stand anymore and is the, the move where they turn their back and point to their brain. I'm a little over that move. Oh. <laughs> Very rarely does that work out. Well, we can... <laughs> 
I have a whole take on wrestling. That All right, we'll we won't. Do, we won't. We'll, we'll, we'll do, do after some the podcast because I have yeah. some. I have some AEW questions for you as well after we're done that we can okay. get into. Yeah. Um, so let's do some lightning round questions, then we'll let you go because we're getting sort of late here. Uh, and these are different lightning round questions uh, than you've had before. Uh, so let's start with this one. If you can say, Will Phillips, man, the myth, the legend, Renaissance man, uh, what's the worst job you've ever had that you can talk about? Oh my God. Uh, I, uh, I I used to be a production assistant in mm-hmm. LA, and a lot of people are like, they've they think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. But, like but if you had, I at the time I had a, a tremendous sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. and so that was terrible. Uh, yeah. Just ha- just having to having to stop what you were doing and, and get someone's dry cleaning when you mm-hmm. were about to go home, and yeah, yeah. this thing adds like an hour to your day. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty bad. But the one that was worse was when I was uh, I did a couple of PA gigs for America's Funniest Videos. Oh god! And uh, you know, there was one time where like a a, like, a dog won some sort of dog video won. You know, that was the internet before the internet existed. By the way, right? It was that was viral. the closest thing yeah. we had: people falling in their face, dog videos. That's the only way you could take in funny <laughs> yeah, videos. It's right. true. Kind of ahead of its time in a weird way. This dog got like a big like confetti parade when he won, <laughs> and I was like, if I have know. to clean up after this dog's party. <laughs> And I'm only making like seventy five dollars oh, for this man. for this day. Was it's, that when Bob Saget was there? Or was that Dave Coulier? Bergeron. Ooh, Bergeron. Yeah. Wow, that's like third third level of yeah. AVF. Yeah. All right. Um, who would play you in the movie version of your life? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I, Ke- I, Keanu. No, nothing this, like that. No. Look here. I'll, I'll give you. This is all. This is terrible podcast material. But <laughs> I have a Nicholas Cage impression that's just facial. I love. Are you ready for it. this? That is actually pretty good. That's pretty good, right? Bad podcast. If only you could see this. No, I love it. It's actually quite good. Uh, I think it's funny when, like, actors are on the come up again. I think it's interesting that... I I say Keanu Reeves because I just saw him. He's in those John Wick movies. He's a superstar again. He showed up at E3 last night. I was watching the E3 live stream because I'm a loser. And he showed up and people lost their minds for him. Like, when did Keanu Reeves become, like, this huge star? Did he come back right. around? Because for a long time he was a laughing stock. Sort of, yeah. Because they're making another Bill and Ted now. Which is going to be awesome, I, I hope. hope. So. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm good for him. I like uh, just a, a, rock, like a movie star. Like, not he's not going to win any Academy Awards, I don't think. But people love him. And I, he's doing I like his... movie stars that seem like they'd be okay to have a he beer with. He seems chill. Yeah. He seems pretty right. chill. I mean, he was in a band. So he must be all right. And I, I'm gonna get a lot of I get a lot of flack for this every, but I, I don't mind Tom Cruise, man. I like I like him. If it weren't for the science, the Scientology thing is where I get sort of caught up. And I know that there's a lot of other actors who are connected to the Scientology thing that I have a past to. Yeah, that's bonkers. Uh, but but yeah, I know what you mean. Like Tom Cruise seems like he'd be entertaining to be around for like an hour. Like if you maybe an hour. Drink. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even know. know he drinks stuff, I don't, but he doesn't. I don't know. I don't know, he just seems like a nice fella. I can see you do it. I can see a Sam Rockwell sort of vibe bird guy playing you on TV. Oh, yeah. Got, I think it. I've got, yeah, Sam Rockwell. He's one of my all-time favorites, so I, I meet that as a great he, compliment. He always plays a dirtball, though. He's great at it, though. He's great. Yeah. He's good at it. No, he, he wasn't a dirtball in, um... Uh, I guess he was kind of a dirtball in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It wasn't really him, though. That's a great movie. You ever watch that one? Uh, not in a long time. That's a good one. Uh, all right, two last ones, then we'll go. Uh, here's one earnest one. Uh... What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh my god, uh, my the advice for my younger self is uh, relax. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, I've been trying Don't to medi- so I've been trying it. to meditate. Have you ever do that? Uh, I do yoga, which is sort of like my half meditation type yeah. thing. I, I have a hard time sitting there and just like 
listening to nothing in my head because I get too self conscious. I'm like, this is anybody can meditate, yeah. Sam. Yeah. It, know, just, know, it just takes it's it just takes re- re- repetition. Yeah. It's like anything, and I, and I'm trying to do that like twice a day. The the, med- uh, the meditation and exercise has been more effective than any antidepressant I've ever Interesting. had. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, and uh, last but not least, uh, oh, I got two quick ones after this. What's a movie that you always stop and watch when you're flipping channels, even though people don't flip channels anymore? Jurassic Park. First one? Yeah, that and, uh, well, The Big Lebowski's not on television, really. But... Let me ask you this question. You're a big-time Jurassic Park guy. Big-time, yeah. I saw the first Jurassic Park. It, I'm a huge... I have a, dino, I have a Triceratops tattoo to my arm. Like, I'm I've a got, dinosaur. I've got a, yeah. a dinosaur, I mean, yeah. Do you like the new Jurassic Park, the Jurassic World movies? Uh, so I saw Jurassic World and ex- was expecting the worst thing ever. Sure. And was slightly not disappointed. Like I didn't hate. The I didn't first hate Jurassic it. World. The last one, the one, the Fallen Kingdom. That was garbage. That's that, That's basically like a, it was like a haunted house movie, but with dinosaurs in the house. The director is a guy who did horror movies, and that was sort of the idea that they're like, yeah, we, they want to make the dinosaurs scary. I think that part bothered me because it felt very silly, but the, the worst part of that movie is the unnecessary death of the Brachiosaurus that they do, where they're all on the ship looking back at the island as it's blowing up, and there's this horrible sequence where the Brachiosaurus is, like, crying. And yeah, crying. Like, why? sad. Why are you building pathos for a CG dinosaur that I'm going to feel bad about for the rest of this movie now? This is not a good call. I, there's, a, there's all these Jurassic Park movies that, and that warn us against, like, doing something like that, but I still think Jurassic Park would work. Would you go? I'd go. Of course, sure. of course I'd go. go. It wouldn't matter. If they were like, there's a one out of 50 chance that dinosaurs would break out, I'm like, I like yeah. those odds. Let me yeah. see them. They could uh, have a coupon day or something. <laughs> That's very deep. Uh, let's, let's find a way. But let's let's do real quickly before you go, uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show that you and Kate may be watching right now. Uh, we like The Handmaid's Tale. You didn't do that? You yeah. Didn't, yeah, yeah, this third season, right? Yeah, it just started. You read the book? Uh, no. I, almost, I thought about reading the book so I could watch the series. But I feel like if I wait to read the book, I'll never end up getting around to do it. Yeah. I own the book. It's pretty, it's startling because you could almost picture it happening. Especially, oh, yeah. especially like what happened in mm. Alabama and stuff. Like, I mean, that's, well, I mean, that's dark stuff right there. But I right. feel like every time I watch Black Mirror, I think the same thing. Black Mirror's great. I just watched the one, I don't know if you've seen this one, where they had, where all the bees were gone. They had the robot bees instead, like the autumn. Well, you're talking, there's a new season, right? I haven't seen it. No, that. no, this isn't the new season. season... The last season before the new season. Okay. There's an episode with Kelly McDonald, who used to be Mrs. Schroeder on Boardwalk Empire. She's the Irish girl. Okay. She's great. It's called Hated in the Nation. It's the longest episode they've ever done. It's like an hour and a half. It's it's something. Let me tell you. I don't know if I remember that one. Watch that one when you get home if you guys are looking for a good okay. one. Okay. Uh, well, I want to thank you for coming in on Short Notice. I do appreciate... Yeah, uh, thanks, man. I do appreciate you coming. I always like talking to you. And again, Tuesday, uh, June 11th, uh, Buried Acorn Brewing Company... Uh, that's June 11th. That'll be the time you hear it today, by the time you listen to it. And you guys are still doing trivia? You're still doing... Yeah, we got trivia going on all over town. I personally host trivia Monday nights at the Killer Brew Saloon and uh, Thursday night at Woodland. See? So you can catch my man here Mondays and Thursdays at Killer Brew for the wings and Woodland for the beer. That's correct. Uh, and, Will, I appreciate you stopping by, bro. It's always hey, a pleasure thanks, to man. talk to you. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, see, it wasn't so bad. I told you we'd find no, stuff to talk no. about. No, it's great. And, folks, back to the show. Can you just...
again. Will Phillips, uh, Will's, as we mentioned a little bit, we didn't talk about it on there because I know people get sick of hearing it, but he's a wrestling fan as well. And we said it afterwards, once you find out that somebody is a professional wrestling fan, if you watch wrestling, that sort of becomes the only thing you ever talk about with that person because you mm-hmm. feel like you're in that little niche club with them. Uh, and almost immediately after the interview, we, we went another 20 minutes on pro wrestling. So that's very predictable. Thank you once again to Will Phillips. Great guy. Uh, anything for you guys want to get in before we dive into history lessons? Uh, anything on your minds? Anything? Uh, no. No, nothing? <laughs> your minds are blank We're and prepared to, to absorb <laughs> all I'm these. usually ready want... for the, the interview post-out thank you again right into history lessons. Yeah. I wasn't prepared to have anything on my mind. I, know, I, don't know, I, I just knew cu- I was curious. I, was oh, curious. I, I, had, you know, I would have thought about some stuff to say. Well, that's okay. We can, if you want to think about it while, if you want to ignore me while I do the history lessons, like always, you can think about it then. Mm. Uh, let's get into this one. Uh, 1793, all the way back. The first public zoo in the world opens in Paris. The Jardin des Plantes, which was originally a botanical garden, became the first public zoo in the world. It was only 16 acres, which you would probably know better than me, Heather, about uh, what that means. How big is it? It's like 40 acres? You it's zoo? like 41. 41? We only use half of it. So this was 16 <laughs> acres. It was very it was very small in terms of uh, what you would compare to a normal zoo. Uh, it held about 1,001 species, including the rare... Przewalski horse, I don't know what that is, uh, had excellent success breeding other species. Um, the zoo had more than 1,000 species, nearly 220, oh, sorry, 1,000 specimens, nearly 225 species. 1,000 species. Um, it was established not only as an entertainment facility, but also as a scientific and educational institute. Nice. Uh, absolutely everybody could visit it, not only members of the upper class. Uh, zoos originally first appeared in China more than a thousand years before that, but they were called Gardens of Intelligence, uh, and their inhabitants were mostly deer, birds, and fish. And these were primarily uh, exclusive to upper-crust society and not open to the ordinary people. So uh, it wasn't again until 1793 we get the first public zoo. Uh, today, most zoos are active as scientific research centers. Uh, Heather, uh, I'm sure there's probably the answer is probably the Utica Zoo, but what was the first sort of zoo experience you remember growing up? Did you ever go to, like, the first zoo you remember the Utica going? Zoo, Utica Zoo. Utica Zoo. down in Utica. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the Utica Zoo as a kid. I really did. I liked the sea lions a lot. That was, like, the first. Yeah. I don't uh, remember the animals. I just remember the water fountain there. The, <laughs> the lion water The lion head water fountain. Just stayed with me. <laughs> Kevin, what about you? Is it also the Utica Zoo, your first zoo experience? Yeah. I, was, yeah. I grew up here. Yeah. Do you, what, was your, what was the thing you liked the most of the Utica Zoo growing up? The whole thing. Whole thing. Just the whole, yeah, the, the being in the whole place. Uh, certainly the Utica Zoo was my first zoo experience. I'm also just going to shout out, I don't know what it's called anymore, but it used to be called the Burnett Park Zoo. It's got a different Gifford. name. The Gifford. Rosemary yeah, Gifford Zoo. That was a really cool zoo when yeah. I was a kid as well. And then uh, it's also changed names, but it used to be called the Metro Toronto Zoo, which I went to on a vacation with my dad. And that was like a, that was the biggest zoo I've ever seen full yeah. stop. It was massive. I've done the Bronx Zoo, although I kind of forgot. It was so big that I kind of forget about it. It's, it's... like a Philadelphia Zoo I went there, and that's yeah, yeah. great. I went to Philadelphia yeah, Zoo. I watched an great. elephant paint. I thought oh, that was kind of right. cool. I mean, I don't think he knew what he was doing, but he was uh, painting. Did you ever do the San, you did the San Diego Zoo when you were younger, didn't you? Oh, cool. How was that? That was probably cool. Excellent. It was huge. It was um, almost too big to see everything. Don't yeah. they have like Bronx islands zoo. where you have to ride like... Like little islands in the San Diego Zoo where you have to cross over to... I was 11. Okay, yeah. Uh, Bronx Zoo is uh, very much like that. It's like broken down into four mm-hmm. quadrants and it really is very hard to see everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not as close to New York City as you think it is. It's not like in the Bronx proper. Like, so it's not as easy to get up there as you'd like, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, all right, let's move on. 1977. 
the Apple computer ships its first Apple II. Do you know what the Apple II is? The desktop-style computer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the first highly successful mass-produced uh, microcomputer. Uh, it was the, uh, in terms of ease, use, uh, features, and expandability, it was a major advancement over its predecessors. Uh, and it remained relatively unchanged until the early 1990s. Uh, by the end of its production, somewhere between 5 and 7 million Apple II series computers had been produced. Uh, and it's considered to be one of the longest-running uh, mass-produced computer systems at just under 17 years. Uh, one of the nice things about it, which a lot of people probably don't remember, is you, this is one of the first computers that you, where software would boot directly and you didn't have to go into a DOS format, which is something that I feel like makes me an old person because I remember actually having to boot up floppy disks mm-hmm. with DOS. I also think that I had one of these in my house as a kid. It was either this or the Commodore version of a desktop. Mm. Did you guys ever have like desktop computers in your house when you were kids? Do you remember like these style? Uh, did you ever Not use one of these, but yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who had one, but no, I never had. I feel like the first exposure that I had to any Apple product, we've talked about it before, was those big like white and colorful uh, Apple Pod style. Oh, yeah. like, nah, we had yeah. those Apple Twos in grade school. Yeah, we never in my house, yeah. but that's in grade had, school, that's what we had in school. Yeah, yeah, that's actually one of the big things that made this computer so viable. Actually, was that Apple cut huge deals with like the education industry to get them into educa- mm. into schools and make them. Well, like, I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm mistaken. Never mind. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's funny too because we were watching an episode of The Simpsons a couple weeks ago. And it was one of the uh, early seasons, and they make a joke about Apple as it being like an old person's computer and it didn't hit and I was like oh yeah I forgot there was a time that Apple was a failed computer company Mm -hmm. and not like a big time cell phone production like conglomerate lifestyle brand yeah lifestyle brand exactly Uh, so that was pretty interesting the Apple II I may or may not have had one in my house growing up uh, on this day, 1985, Coca-Cola decides that they're bringing back their original 99-year-old formula. Uh, What's... So you, when an athlete is great, they're usually called the Michael Jordan of their sport. But when a new product launch is a failure, it's usually called the new Coke of the industry. Do you guys remember new Coke? Were you old enough to remember this? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so in 1985, uh, Coca-Cola decided... Uh, that it was going to change their formula, right? Uh, they created a new Coca-Cola that was smoother and sweeter, and it was supposed to go head-to-head with Pepsi. They had market research, and they had pollsters, and they were sure that it was going to be a hit. Uh, Coca-Cola was, like, number one at the time, and Pepsi was, like, sort of cutting into their business. Uh, this was one of the worst-received new products of all time. Uh, early reports showed that 13 people who were... Uh, 13% of people who were polled like the new product better. It was one of the first times ever that like grassroots campaigns came up around the country because people were so angry. Uh, and Coca-Cola actually came around to saying that they made a mistake, which is something that people didn't think they were going to do. They originally said they were going to bring both flavors back. So you can get like classic Coca-Cola oh, with that formula. Have the bad one? And there was going to be Coke 2, which is what they were calling it after that. Uh, it did not last much longer. On July 11th, uh, 1985, they held a press conference announcing the return of uh, old Coca-Cola. 
This was the uh, their president speaking. A simple fact is that all the time and money we poured into consumer research could not measure or reveal the depth and abiding emotional attachment to original Coca-Cola felt by so many people. Mm. I'm surprised you guys don't remember New Coke. I, I guess it was 19. You, neither of us were born. I remember this though. Yeah, like, you don't remember it happening. Like you remember reading about it. Like you four. said 1985. Yeah, yeah 1985. You don't remember it because you weren't born. It's I just feel like I remember hearing no, about, you've read it. about it. That's. I mean, that's a really popular story. I've read the story. We yeah. weren't alive for it. A uh, conspiracy corner. That's not like really what happened. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, I've heard oh. this as well too. So what the what people are saying is because they didn't bring back the same recipe for the old Coke. They had one very fundamental difference. People basically say that they did this to get the heat off because they were going to switch from real sugar in the Coke mm-hmm. to the high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you can't just start sending out bottles of Coke and then it'll taste a little bit different because people will know. Oh, interesting. So they ran out this Coke too. They were like, this and that, this and that, whatever. This is the new Coke. And people are like, we want the old Coke. They're like, all right, here it is without telling them they had changed a fundamental level ingredient to make it high fructose corn syrup. So it's a way to get away with that without having to answer for changing over to corn syrup in your soda. Conspiracy yeah. Corner, I like it. I like it's pretty it. good. That's just new. Could be a new segment. Kevin's Conspiracy Corner. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys start looking up conspiracies every week for yeah. us. Now. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna blast through 1991 and 2007 uh, as quick as I can because they're kind of getting toward the same question that we'll discuss afterwards. On this day, 1991, uh, the final episode of Twin Peaks aired on ABC TV. I'm not gonna do this Let's Twin do Peaks it. thing. Where do no, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> I am going to say, we did watch the Deadwood... They made a Deadwood movie earlier this week. We talked about it last week. And we said this would have been better off as a series, like making this a short series instead of bringing it back as just a movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that when Twin Peaks came back in 2017, it was smart to do a series again and not like a movie. You have to. You have to for stuff like this. Uh, The other one is 2007, The Sopranos season finale, also aired on HBO with the infamous cut to black ending that people Mm -hmm. initially hated... Uh, and then, in hindsight, some sort of people love. My question is this. We've talked about the people who were mad about the Game of Thrones finale. Uh, at the time, people were mad about Sopranos finale. Uh, at the time, people were mad about the Twin Peaks finale for the most recent one. Why do you think it is that it's hard to stick the landing on these big popular shows that people like so much? Is it? Seems like it. Like, the track record for... Does it, though? Like, I mean, people are mad, but you can't please all the people all the time. I think pe- people are going to be upset because they just don't want the show to end. And no matter what you're going to yeah, put as an ending, they're, they're just going to be disappointed because this was your favorite show, and now it's over, and this is how you're going to end it. Yeah, and, and I think there's... They're never yeah, going to be happy. I think there's a loud vocal minority that gets a little bit overrepresented when we say this because... Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of these shows, a lot of these endings you mentioned, it's not that they didn't end it well. It's just that people were upset. But people are going to be upset no matter what you do. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think, I think too, with a lot of these shows, like, there's so many characters and there's so much invested in it that for the people who are writing it, there's no real way to, like, wrap everything up in a clean way that's also going to, like, make you feel satisfied or shocked or surprised. Like, there's... there's Especially when you have so many characters on a big and giant show, where some things are just not going to wrap up. I feel it's like. on for years. Yeah, you know, it was like, on how do you for take, years? like five years or something. And yeah, depending. I mean, sometimes I've seen I've seen some shows get wrapped up well, but well, it's we, definitely rarer. I talked to Will about this during the interview, and we sort of said like the Parks and Rec and the Office ones wrap up really nicely. Uh, like they're very, it wraps up very succinctly. But I don't feel like I think about those shows as like the greatest season finales of all time either. Like it's not drama shows; so they mm-hmm. don't get the same. Yeah, they don't so people were like emotionally invested in Game of Thrones. I guess the Breaking Bad <laughs> one is an interesting Breaking one because Bad was excellent. that was good. It also closed up a story though where I never think about it again. 
Like when yeah. Sopranos ended, I've spent a lot of time like debating what the end of Sopranos meant, mm-hmm. right? With Breaking Bad, it was like, wow, that was a great story, and now it's done. Well, because they showed you the death. Because they showed, so the yeah, the black mm-hmm. on the death. Yeah, and I think for some, and I think sometimes that's why I don't think about Breaking Bad right off the bat when I think about these great shows because I don't talk about it or think about the the mysteries of the show as much as I do Twin Peaks. Because well, they don't really have mysteries. Yeah, the, show. Like, the point of Twin Peaks is to be mysteries. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's only, there's only a few shows I've seen wrap up so concisely. I mean, I think uh, The Leftovers mm-hmm. might have had probably the best wrap-up finish to any show I've ever seen, like, by a lot. Um, Interesting. But that's different, though, because by the very nature of that show, you're not wrapping everything up with a little bow because that's literally the opposite of the point of the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Anything for you? Any shows that left you wanting <laughs> you got to the end of? No. No. They want you like continuing. You don't yeah. even hear what my shows are, so just just move sure on. Sure, do. Yeah, give us one. No. Come on. I was so sad when Dawson Creek ended. Did it end in a way that you enjoyed? It did. So there you go. That's a, that's a good one to end. It it's not embarrassing. You say you're sad when it was over, but, but you thought they did everything I wanted them to do. That's fair. Well, if I remember correctly, and I don't, I don't know all of this detail anymore. Katie Holmes does not end up with. Vanderbeek, she ends up with God. Joshua Jackson. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm into that because I liked him See? better than Vanderbeek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. I don't remember all of that show, though. I just remember those three characters, I feel like. I was more of a One Tree Hill guy, which I don't remember how that wrapped up, to be My honest. Was I don't Gilmore, think you made it Gilmore to the Girls. end of One Tree Hill. Did I not make it to the I end? I think you broke up with the girl that was forcing you to watch <laughs> Before it. Before the end, yeah. And then you never had to watch it again. Maybe I should go find out. I'm curious. What happened to uh Pretend Sophia like you Bush. Don't know, you know. She's the, no, she's the actress, Sophia Bush, and then Chad Michael Murray. What happened? Do you to remember that? when you had when you buzzed your head because your girlfriend liked Chad Michael Murray so much? True story. Uh, my girlfriend at the yeah, time yeah. Uh, told me to shave my head because she thought I looked like Chad Michael Murray. Spoiler did alert: I did not. I don't. I did not. <laughs> what did she me. say afterwards? She said, "Oh no." Oh no. <laughs> she wasn't generally a nice person. <laughs> uh, okay, you guys want to do a couple quick uh, bits from other blogs? These are fast ones this week because oh, I do whatever you want. Well, I do have one segment I want to get to since we never talk about stuff like this. All right. Um, here's one. Why haven't there been any new candy bars created? I'm not talking about new iterations of candy bars where you jam like an M&M into a Hershey bar. I'm talking about new actual candy bars. All your favorite candy bars have been around since like 1930. Why? It's true. Has there been any like brand new candy bars? The Take 5, I guess, was new. That's a pretty good That's one. That's new? That's relatively That's new. That's not new. Is it not new? No, it's like twenty years old. Are you think? Are you confusing it with five hundred? Uh, you know, I'm clean. I'm confusing it with a zero bar. A zero. See, I hate zero bars. It's like punishment for yeah. me. I mean, well, I feel like all the candy you buy is owned by like it's the same people yeah. putting out the candy. So like, why do why do they need to make it? Yeah, anymore? they own everything. People are already like buying what they got. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, this is an interesting one. How does one eat a crouton? The only way I can get it on the fork is by sitting in the salad for like 20 minutes and now it's semi-soft. <laughs> you can't good, put a fork a through one. the... It's no, true. I've had this problem before. I scoop it with my lettuce. Like I'll have scoop the lettuce and the then lettuce. I put the crouton on. Yeah, you use your hand to put I it on top. Yeah. Yeah, either got to wait for the croutons to get soggy good. or they break one. apart when you put your fork through them. Yeah. Can you eat a salad with a spoon? No. No. Right? There's no way. It's like at the end, the croutons are always sitting at the bottom of the plate or bowl. That's the best like, part, though. Just a delicious I crouton. I don't want to eat it with it because I don't like the lettuce. Uh, Kev, you have any thoughts on this crouton? <laughs> <laughs> He's just looking at it. It's like, get me out of here. I'm <laughs> uh, excited about that. Don't really need croutons in the salad. You don't like croutons, croutons in the salad? Oh, really, they yeah. They don't oh. even offer them anymore, really. Some places, ha- it depends. Like Caesar right? salad. If still. you're going to give me those little bullshit squares that came in a package, mm-hmm. I don't want them. If there's people using, like, their stale two or three-day-old bread and tossing it with, like, you know, some 
like some butter and garlic or something like that, put some salt and pepper, yeah. like making croutons in right. the oven, mm-hmm. that's a different story. But those usually aren't so hard that they're impenetrable. <laughs> yeah. The only ones that are so hard they're impenetrable are the ones that are processed and shipped in a box. Mm. That's so fair. eat better croutons or don't eat croutons. I always thought you could market croutons as snack cubes and sell them in the snack aisle. People would eat them. Mm-hmm. No snack way. cubes. I'd buy it. Uh, and last but not least, what food is most eaten while you're preparing a meal? Like if you're, pre- I feel like the answer, this guy said he eats more mozzarella than what he actually puts into it's the cooking. True. When I'm have cheese, when I have cheese, it's cheese. Yeah. I always make a little extra cheese so I can snack on the rest. Um, I feel like if you're making a pizza, pepperoni goes oh, yeah. pretty quickly. If there's like a bag of pepperoni, I'm going to eat a good 10 to 12 of them before I put them on the pizza. Yep. Um, I can't think of any Cherry else. tomatoes. If I'm like, <laughs> I'll eat like 10 cherry tomatoes yeah. before I put it in something. I don't know. I can't think. I think cheese, cheese is probably is like the, one, the number though. one. I don't know if there's any other ones you guys could think of. I think hey, fruit, them. like grapes, bananas, things like that. I feel I like I what eat. I'm putting them in while I'm cooking. Like a fruit salad? Yeah, they're not really out for long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. I think that it's probably meat or cheese probably in some cheese. sort of way. Yeah, yeah cheese. cheese. All right. Okay. Uh, let's move on. I just, uh, let's talk quickly about politics that aren't us like sort of rolling our eyes at like weird stuff that the Trump administration is doing. Let's talk about the Democrats. There's a bunch of uh, poll numbers that came out today. Uh, and these are from uh, CNN uh, and the Des Moines Register poll. And basically there was, this. now this is only 600 people who did this poll, right? Uh, but it's Democratic voters and they picked their top three choices, okay? This was the, the top five leading uh uh, percentage getters for the Democrats. 24% was Joe Biden, uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg, who I think him. I'm saying that, right? Who are you like? I love him. Who? Pete? Yep. Mayor Pete? He, they were 16, 15, and 14. Uh, and then Kamala Harris was at 7%, and then nobody else was above uh, like 2%. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really talked about this with either of you guys. As a guy who's a registered Democrat, who registered as a Democrat primarily to vote in the primaries so I could have a say. I gotta say, I'm still kind of up in the air about who I like. I like a lot of things about various people, but no one individually seems to do something for for me all the way. And I don't know if you guys are sort of in with me on this or if you guys both have, have someone you're really behind at the moment. And I was kind of curious if you wanted to share that with us. I don't have a lot, but I've been following... Pete Bo- uh, Buttigieg. I, still, last name. I don't I mean, know if I'm I, saying like, it right. I destroy that last name, but I I feel like he's relatable and he's bringing he seems... up important topics that need to be talked about. And he just seems he like Bernie Sanders. I love him, but he goes so far one way, and I feel like Pete's a little bit more stable. Um, I think that people really people really are divisive on Bernie Sanders. I like him. I just my concern with Bernie is he's very old. He I, seem, I'm always yeah. concerned about the age thing a little bit, even though I. He seems fiery for an no, older dude. Loose canning a little bit, but and then Joe Biden hasn't been saying much lately. I feel like he's kind of been a little quiet. He's and, been putting his foot in his mouth. Yeah, like, yeah. And every so day, that, like coming out saying stuff and and then going back on, yeah, going time. back on it. So I feel like Pete, this guy Pete, he's been kind of staying true to who he is. And I think this is a nice thing for Elizabeth Warren to see. Interesting that Warren, I think, was so. Now the way this poll worked is people would pick their top three choices. Mm-hmm. So she may have not gotten the most first place but votes, got, but it's interesting that she's getting a lot of like second and third choices, which I think was not what people expected like four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. I and actually, I do like Elizabeth Warren. I like, I like everything too. she has to say for the most part. Um, and I'm, I like Pete Buttigieg, but I feel like I just like him because he's charming. I need to know more about You'll his policy him. stuff. 
What do you think about De Blasio and Beto O'Rourke were the people who really got hurt the most on here? Should Not they... a real thing, either of them. Yeah, I think I it's time to call I like it. Beto at De Blasio's a the... joke. Beto should stay and run for Senate in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. probably. All right, that's really all I had about this. I don't know if you guys had any more. I just, we never really talk about we'll this. We'll have to stuff. go back to this. You want to come back, back to it later to it on? I, I think right now, I'm, I like, I like Mayor Pete. Mm hmm. I still like Kamala Harris. I, I have questions about her, like the justice stuff, and but um, I, I like I like her attitude for whatever reason. I just like her. I don't know what it is about her. Uh, but we'll still go. We'll come back to this later on. Uh, I'm not in on Biden though. I think is the most important part. I, I'm I not. I'm not excited about about just, Biden. At first, I was. I think yeah. a while ago, like a year ago, I wanted him to run, and now I'm like, nah. Yeah. I don't. It fe- I don't know. That yeah. we'll 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 check back on this. Sorry, Biden. Uh, later on, I'll put something on it next time. Okay. Yeah, you, you want to say anything? I didn't say a word. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Uh, have you guys been watching HBO's True? Huh? Huh? Oh. Well, I'll move on. We'll come back to this later. Uh, you guys watching Chernobyl on HBO at all? I no. don't think either of you guys are. I just saw the previews. I've heard it's very good. There's a lot of people saying it's like one of the you know it's getting great ratings. You know who hates it? Hmm. Russia. Russia is not pleased by the Chernobyl sure. television series, uh, and it looks like they are going to produce. Uh, their own version of the show uh, that's going to be a pro-Kremlin version that shows how U.S. spies caused the disaster at oh, Chernobyl. Geez. Are you interested oh, in the I, Russian media I would version? love to watch it for comments. Not enough Russian media. <laughs> yeah, I already right see now. enough. Uh, all right. Uh, we're almost done here. We'll do one last thing. But, uh, Heather, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brush you out on this one very quickly. Kev, by the okay. time people listen to this episode, the NBA Finals could be over tonight. It's Game 5. Uh, the, the Toronto Raptors are up 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors, but Kevin Durant is back. He's back. What do you think is going to happen? Will there still be a series by the time people hear this podcast tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. I think the Warriors are going to win tonight. I do. I'm telling you right now, I've said it to a couple people, the Warriors are going to win the next three games. They're going to come back from a 3-1 deficit to right the curse of 2016 when they lost a 3-1 deficit to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it's going to complete the circle, and then KD's going to go to the Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets. But he's not going to stay in in Golden State. So there you go, Heather. You got. I'm you, off. I'm whatever. I whatever. Toronto or Golden State. Who's winning the Golden who's, State? See, there she goes. She th- she's agrees with me. Do you think Golden State's going to win the series, Kevin? No. No, you don't think they can come back from three down? I, they can. Just will they? I don't yeah, know. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a different thing. They certainly can. They're talented enough to do so. I mean, they're Golden State. <laughs> that's true. All right, we'll close out with one last one. This is from uh, LifeHacker.com. I thought this was funny today. Uh, it's a list of ways to wake your body up when your body isn't cooperating. Oh, and I thought we'd run please. through these very quickly, see if you've ever used any of these techniques. Uh, technique number one, make your coffee bitter. Apparently, bitter coffee has a faster uh, effect on waking you up mm. than coffee with cream and sugar. Makes sense, though. That's why I probably drink, like, no. a cup and a half of coffee. Drink coffee get. for the moment. Okay. <laughs> Uh, grab a few minutes of direct sunlight. Apparently just being outside in direct sunlight will help you wake up a little bit as well. That that totally makes sense to me. Once I get outside of the house, I feel like I'm a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like a cave in here in the morning. Too dark. Uh, pull on your hair. This one sounds stupid. I'm not going to sit in bed and pull on my hair to wake myself up. That's dumb. This is a dumb one. You ever done that one? Either of you no. two? It would work. It would work, I suppose. I don't think they mean like yank it, but if you grab like a bunch of hair That's close fair. to the scalp and like gently squeeze just to like... Stretch it. That'll work. Get the blood flowing to your scalp. Do it tomorrow. Let us know. Get back to me. How about splash cold water on your face? That one seems a little more comfortable. I feel like that one's kind of a misnomer. I don't want to... I feel like I'm not looking forward to splashing cold water on my face in the morning. I feel like that's more of a pain to me. 
Uh, here's one. Use an actual alarm clock on the other side of your room so you have to get up to turn it off. That That's what Will That's, told me to do. Well, um, once you're up, you're up. That's what I mean. Once I get out of bed, I'm awake. So feed at the floor, it's over. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, uh, eat a mint. Apparently a strong mint will help to wake you up in the morning, like an Altoid or something. Also, you can massage the area between your palm and your wrist. Apparently that's supposed to do something for you. Uh, stretch your back legs. Take off some layers. Flip your head upside down. That seems stupid. Or bite a lemon. So if you happen to have a lemon floating around, these are all weird techniques that you can use to wake up. What do you guys do to wake up in the morning? Kaz is up every morning at 6. You have a child. So he comes flying <laughs> in the room and he's like, Mommy, I'm hungry. Or, Mommy, let's go downstairs and play. And I'm like, okay, I'm up. I'm up. I just set multiple alarms so that I can't possibly miss any of them. They're all within like a 10-minute mm-hmm. span of each other. I just, I can't. But once you get up, I mean, that's to wake you up. But like to feel awake and get up in the morning. Yeah. I feel like that's what these are techniques for. Because uh, they don't say, want you like splashing water in your face to get yourself awake because you got to be out of bed for that. I would say oh. get a cat. The <laughs> cat wakes me up in the morning. Oh, that's good. Step it on my face, deal with the cat for a couple minutes. That'll wake you up a little bit. I like to, uh, I like to read something. Oh, yeah. It instantly mm. get my brain does. going if I'm reading. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'll yeah. pop open my phone. Like, if I gotta wake up and I'm having a tough time getting up, I'll pop my phone open yeah. to whatever with text and just read a paragraph or two yep. to get the brain, like, firing. So that does that, like, almost mode. every morning. Yeah, yeah. That. All right, good stuff, guys. Uh, that's it. Episode 207. Right. Thank you to Will four Phillips. Years. Yeah, four years. Well, next week technically is the real four-year anniversary, but we're not doing anything special for it, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. It might, we're, it's not gonna be a special episode. 208 is not a special number. I'm Bring sorry. Presents. Uh, yeah, send us messages on... Send us presents. Send us presents if you want. Well, send us messages. Send cake. us presents. Uh, and follow... Get enough messages, yeah, not enough presents. Yeah, cake. I want cake. Follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Send her some cake. Follow uh, Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SFDoom, or you can just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Stitcher uh, Podcast, Apple Podcast, taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. The uh, tape machines are rolling. We are desperately, desperately out of time. Woodstock lives. Uh, Go see Will Phillips if it's still Tuesday. uh, And enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully it won't be rainy. It is right now. Probably will. (laughs) 